without I would have had blurry vision for months after that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have pulled my pants down and started peeing on them, and I was just <laughs> the the head knock. The head knock must have done something to me. Oh my god. Facts, dates, and events presented in this podcast are from the members' best recollection and may not be fully accurate. The podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this podcast are of the individual's own and don't necessarily represent our employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are under Protected National Labor Relations Act. Welcome back to another Teamsters Local 533 podcast out of Reno, Nevada. We're joined today with two goats, the goats? greats. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Uh, Lee Harris out of UPS. I'm just a normal guy. Gary Watson. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. no, oh, Not very, very not humble. normal. And Collectively, and, they call us the Bash Brothers. And uh, as usual, we've got myself, Ross Kinson, and Esley Velez-Perez. And... Uh, Man, we're very excited to have both of you on. It's going to be a long podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it, yep. fellas. We used, to, we used to go into the office and make sure we saved farts from when we went into Absolutely. the office. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So as soon as you walked in, it would just smell like ass in there. Yep. Because <laughs> what are they going to say? <laughs> Gary saved one of those for our, when we when we went on our trip out to Ely and Elko. He was like, hold on real quick. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. You're getting a warning letter for flatulence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember we used to do that. To oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would they? Would they? Would they try and give you warning letters for flatulence? Nope. Oh, God. No, they wouldn't even like, acknowledge it. How? No. would get used to it, and so then yeah, sometimes he, when we would go in there, he'd be shit in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he, he fought. He fought back. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna get him. <laughs> I took a production ride, and it was middle of July, and I made sure I angled the truck into the sun. Oh, nice. Because oh. I had a hammock that I hang in the back of right. the truck, and so I angled it, and I said, "Oh my God!" I used to give her migraines. I mean, Fantastic. She would just hold her, come and hold her head. OMS would be like, oh, you really got her today. And I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and she had, I'm going to guess, eight production rides with me. I've had so many, but it angled the truck in the July heat. Said, well, she goes, what are we doing? I go, oh, I'm going oh, to lunch. Yeah, I'm taking my lunch. I was out in the middle of nowhere. Awesome. So she had no water. She had nothing. And an hour and a half later, I opened the bulkhead. She's drenching sweat. No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just baked in the sun. Sat there and just took it. Another time I went to a place, uh, there was, a, it was Taekwondo, and I know they opened at like four or three, something like that. So I take my lunch, and I park in the middle of their parking lot because I knew by the time I came out of the back of the, that the parking lot would be full. Of just everybody showing up for their classes, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I come out of the front, sitting in the cab, and all these people are just, because I had my truck blocking four spots right in the middle. Awesome. So they're all just staring at her like, move. Yeah, well, what the hell? Move your car. Why are you just sitting there? And I'm in the back <laughs> in my hammock. I don't know. I got the doors closed. I, you know. Music on. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gary and I used to think of things to do to him on rides. Just what can we do to make him miserable? You yeah. have to. You got to yeah. make it. You know, it's been yeah. a while for you. But. It's not. It's not fun out there. Yeah, it's been been almost uh, what 
it's 12 years now. Almost. Yes, yeah. 12 years since you've been a driver, but yeah. can't you tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still get scared that you're going to come back. They're like, Gary's not coming back, is he? <sighs> Gary used to always tell me on production rides, because for any of you that don't know, Gary taught me, you know, yeah. he's my protege. Um, my, the guy I looked up Your to, the guy taught me, my mentor. And he told me well, I when, appreciate that. Uh, on rides, they're out there to make you miserable, but you got to flip the script. You got to make them miserable. You've got to make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's why we blast farts in their faces. That's why we do all these little things because it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not just that. I mean, you look, I mean, it, what the process was, Lee is correct, but yeah, you want to, you don't want them to have fun when they're out there with you. Right. And no, they're out there to, to judge your, your work quality. Right. And yeah. the, the main thing is, is you need to reverse that and judge their work quality as managers. Yeah. So when they're out there with you on these production rides, it's my thought process was it's, this is their production ride, not mine. And I'm going to, um, you know, show them how to do this damn job, not not them showing me how to do the job that I do every day. What? So whenever they would do, you know, stupid stuff out there, you know, I would call them out on it. <clears throat> what advice did you give people who are just going through their 30-day qualification period? Like, you know, because the company always wants to sit there and fucking rag on, oh, you know, you got to hit a certain standard. If you don't hit a certain standard, we're disqualifying you. Fuck you. Like, what do you tell those guys? Well, that's a funny story, man. I mean, I'll, I'll jump into that right now. I remember when... Um, you know, even when, uh, uh, you know, I was a new driver and I got, um, you know, got a production ride, ride by the, you know, the division manager. I don't know if the division manager still rides with you when now, when you're on your final day before you make your, uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> they do. I don't, I don't know if they do, but he, uh, rode with me on my, what was it? The 30th day. I think is what it was. Gosh, it's been so long. Um, and you know, I could remember we were at, uh, uh, I could even tell you the address, man. Twenty three seventy five South Virginia it was the old Citibank right there, man. Um, so that's um, it was on the Peppermill route, and I pulled into that little parking lot. It's next to the Blackbird Diner, and and I parked the package car and you know go inside because it was a you know an air stop. And yeah. he was out. He wasn't out there all day with me, but he just came on for you know a couple of deliveries and in pickups. Came to say hi. And we we hop out of the package car, and um, he looks at me and he goes, "Well, you know." Me personally, I would have moved the car over here onto the street right here on Cadillac because it would have been safer so cars don't back into you, back into your package car. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I get that. I understand that. And I go, the other thing, uh, Dave, is, um, you know, when you're in my package car, you need to start using your handrails when you hop in and out. <laughs> That's a Watson move. And he looked at me and, and smiled and said, I got you and pointed at me. And he, you know, he, he appreciated that. And. You know, he went back to the center manager, which I believe was Johnny Gomez at the time. And Johnny brings me in the office and, and you know, starts talking to me and giggling about it. He's like, oh, you're giving him a safety ride out there, huh? I'm like, well, you know, he's giving me one. And he's trying to, guy's going to try to give me some pointers about how to be safe out there on the road. And he's not going to be safe. Then, you know, he's going to get him back. Yeah. yeah. So funny, funny story to that. But I mean. I mean, what, what it comes down to is, you know, members don't, I mean, don't be intimidated by managers, right? They don't do these jobs day in and day out. They don't know what's going on out there. When a manager gets on that car, um, their, their objective is to get off it as soon as possible. Their objective is not to be out there all day with you, right? They don't want to be on that car. They want to get it done as quick as possible because, you know, they're sometimes they're, they're similar to how our police officers think, right? They're, they're above the law. They think they're above the contract, you know, essentially. And they, they want to, they want to do, you know, just get off that truck and, and, and do everything not by the book 
So you have to teach them, you know, how to do it by the book, whether you're in probation or not. Yeah. To Gary's point, uh, managers, uh, you have to police yourself. What I mean by that is, is that management's tactics are basically designed to create anxiety. Right. For you. That's what they want. That's what they want. They want you. They don't want to, they, they don't want to over-supervise you, believe it or not. They, they do, but they don't want to. They want you to supervise yourself. And what I mean by that is generate anxiety inside yourself, put pressure on yourself, take ownership of those packages like they're yours when they're not, take ownership of that route, call them your customers when they're not, they're UPS's customers. You're under contract to deliver packages. That's it. And if they can do that, they don't have to ride with you because you'll have that fear generating inside yourself. And when you do that, you're playing right into their hands. If you're like Gary or, you know, everybody does it different, but if you're the guy that goes out there and you're relaxed and you're doing it by their methods and you're not succumbing to that pressure, then they've got nothing. Right. Doesn't matter, and that's what they're there to do. That's what rides discipline. Everything they do at UPS is designed to create anxiety within the driver. We had a it's, we had a situation where uh, they pulled a drive a new driver in. Uh, this person was like on day like twenty seven, twenty eight, some shit like that, and um, they got the driver all wound up and said, "Well, we're going to give you one more chance," and then went out and followed the driver, and the driver started doing some dumb shit, mm-hmm. parking on the rest of the street walking around in front of the vehicle, not following any of the methods, running, trying to, you know, beat the route because they, they got this person all wound up. And they went, oh, gotcha. And it's just like, like you said, follow the methods. Right. Do everything by the book. If you do Be that, clean. Gary used to teach me all the time, do everything by the methods the way they want you to do it, and you don't have to look over your shoulder. Yeah. What are we worried about? They're going to follow me and see that I throw packages on the dash. They're going to see that I don't wear my seatbelt. They're going to see that my bulkhead's open. They're going to see I don't park on the right side of the road. If you're not doing any of that to begin with, what do you got to worry about? Nothing. Correct. You know, it's a, it, essentially it's a, it's a psychological thing, right? And that's kind of like, kind of like your, uh, kind of like your text message. Kind of like the tone, text message. Right? It's, it's <laughs> a psychological <laughs> thing. It gets yeah. you, gets you psyched up. Correct. Correct. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, essentially it's, it's psychological and you have to play the, it's a, you know, play the role reversal with them, make it psychological for them. Yep. You know, be confident in your job. If you're doing it by the book, exactly how they want you to do it, you have nothing to lose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They have the best employee they ever need because yeah. you're following their methods. Yeah, and then they don't even have to supervise you because you're doing it yourself because yeah. you're out there paranoid, running. i got to beat this route. Look, at they generate these numbers that we, the union, don't even recognize Right. that you can't be fired for if yeah. you beat those numbers. Or there's no production. There's no production standard. standard. They, can go, they can go after you for parking on the rest of the road. Thank you. They can go after you for running. They can go after you for going and cutting across in front of your car. Absolutely. Like, they got you then. Yep. Yeah. These these routes aren't set up for you guys to beat them. They're just not the way they do it. They cut cars. They add work to it. Management they're will not, tell not, you yeah, if they're, they're honest. The IE produces these numbers so that you can't beat them. Right. Because so that you're you constant, don't get your production bonus. Correct. Correct. And A and B, they want you to constantly be chasing down the, the tail of the rabbit. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you, I mean, I mean, I'll be flat honest with you. I used to lose the route by two hours a day, and they would send me out on production rides, and I'd lose them by three. Right. <laughs> exact. Gary yeah. just made the point. That's, I've never beat my route, still don't. 
and I'll lose it by two hours. And I remember Josh Varney, one of the old managers, it's no longer here because, as Gary always astutely says, they're ne- they never last. Mm-hmm. Your manager who's threatening you today will be gone in five years. You're, you're a teamster. You'll be here for 30. You'll collect your pension. And leave. They get their mm-hmm. job threatened every day. Absolutely. Yeah, they and those conference calls there and Mm-hmm. Yep, but I told Josh Varney, he says, you lost your route by two and a half hours. And I go, oh, I can do better. I can do better, boss. And he go, looked at me like, oh, wow. And the next day I lost it by three and a half hours. <laughs> and he brought me in. And he goes, I thought you said you'd do better. And I pointed at his numbers. And I go, I did. I did. I, I did, did do better. better. Look, <laughs> three and a half methods. hours. <laughs> <laughs> followed your methods to a T. Exactly. Yeah. The, the funny part is a lot of these new drivers come up to me and be like, Esley, I can't take my lunch. They don't. They, they overloaded me today. Exactly. What do you I can't mean? take my lunch. They, they, they disable the button in your dyad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I have too much work to take a lunch. Uh, you I know, hate and that's that. a that's another another story. And I mean, you should always. I mean, it's it's hard to get used to doing that. I mean, I understand it from from both aspects of it. People want to get their work done. And they want to go home. I want to see their family. But, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but you also. I mean, when you do take that lunch and you t- you take an hour and you, and then you take your your breaks as well. Um, you, you reset your mind, right? You know, you're, you're relaxed, you know, you get your, you know, your food in you, your drinks in you, and, and you're, you're not dealing with work at that point. And, um, I used to take my, my full hour and, you know, my, my two breaks and we would, uh, you know, I would send a message in before I went to lunch, you know, I, I've done this amount of stops. This is what I have left. I'm going to lunch. My pickup start at this time, uh, come and get your stuff. You know, and I say your stuff because this isn't my stuff. These packages don't come with me. Nope. These customers don't come with me when I retire or when I leave this place. They're UPS's. Uh, this is all UPS's property. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so come get it. I leave the dyad in the back of the truck, go have my lunch, and, um, you know, then managers would be, you know, Scrambling. sending messages, all kinds of messages on that dyad because I would come back and, and see all those messages. and or, or I would see them where I was at my lunch place, and they would – they would come in and, um, you know, want my keys, and I would look at them and say, um, starting my lunch over? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, to Gary's you're, point. You're interrupting my lunch, right? Yeah, and Gary. Then, and then I would grieve them because the managers are out there then uh, transferring the car. Doing doing bargaining unit work. Yeah. yeah. I have a Gary story about that. Uh, he was on a ride with a manager that's no longer here because none of them ever yeah, are. Yeah, none of them are. Dan Arata. And uh, we were downtown. He was downtown, and... He was freaking out about Gary finishing his air, and Gary was running air only, doing it by the methods, doing everything. And uh, right. ten thirty came, and Gary started heading towards a convenient mart to buy something. And the manager started freaking out, going, "What are you doing? We have air left." And Gary's like, ten thirty, bud. It's late now. Don't yeah. matter." Yeah. Well, I'm taking a break. Yep. And the manager started <laughs> freaking out just because he has the pressure. And that's what these drivers now need to understand. These aren't our packages. These aren't, if they get done or not, it's up to your boss to dispatch you properly and make sure these packages get delivered. It's not on us. But to your point, you still followed certain rules. You waited until after 1030 to take your break. You didn't take your break beforehand. Because at that point, then management can say, well, you still had time to go and get the air off and you chose not to. So even in that scenario, you're still playing by the rules of the fucking game. Correct. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never take my break before 1030. So, 
you know, and, and he ran this, air only. Yeah, in this in air this only. scenario that you know Lee's talking about with uh, that was Dan Arata, the supervisor at the time, and uh, Dan wasn't you know he wasn't a bad supervisor. He just you know he didn't know how to do his job that well, but he was a nice guy overall. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> nice, nice guy. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know I I mean I haven't seen the guy in years, but you know he's you know I I liked Dan, but anyways. It, in the morning, Dan, you know, had, we had all these air stops and this is my first day doing the route. And I'm going, there's no way we're doing 30 air stops, but yeah, he goes, Oh no, no, we'll be fine on this route. I know this route. We'll be fine on it. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm just telling you, I don't think we're going to get them done. And he goes, no, we'll be fine. I'll go. All right. So we get out there, we start delivering air and ground together. That's Ooh. that was his that was his, but you left his that direction. In, you left that oh. in his hands. I did. No, yeah. I told him. I go. I go. We need to get all the air done first. He goes. No, we're going to be fine. We're going to get. We're going to get the ground off with it too. And I says, Okay, you're the boss. Let's yeah. do it. Always put it back in management's hands. Absolutely. So we had about thirty. I think it was about thirty air stops. So by the time that's a, um, that's a we got lot. to where Lee was saying ten thirty, and we and we broke off and went to the convenience store. I want to say I roughly had about um, you know fourteen stops left of air. Somewhere right around there, and um, you know, the, I get in the left-hand turn lane, and to turn to go to the um, to the the convenience store to grab a cup of coffee, right? And he goes, oh, "Well, our next our next air stops to the right." And I looked at him and I said, "It's you know, it doesn't matter if I deliver that air stop at ten thirty-one or I deliver it at three thirty this afternoon. It's still late, but I go, we're on break right now, and I want a cup of coffee." Yeah, and he had his hat head in his lap the rest of the day. Yeah, I mean, and. I think Lee was there because we had lunch. We at met the park. up at lunch, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he just at the park, and Dan was heading his lap over there in the package car the whole time, and me and Lee were over there sitting, we're there laughing at, having him. lunch, playing dominoes in the park. <laughs> because we, that, I mean, that's the the what's the point of that? The point is Gary and I didn't put pressure on ourselves, which no. is exactly what UPS management tries to do. They try to make you have ownership of it. Yeah, we didn't do that. So guess what? When they had extra stops, guess who got it? Was it me or the guy next to me or Gary or the guy next to him? It's the guy next to him. They're not going to put that on me or mm -hmm. him. So ultimately, taking our lunch and you doing the methods, we got less work. And if everybody did that. There'd be more Teamsters in the seats of these package cars. There'd be more routes. There'd be more help. There'd be more everything. Right. Yeah, and this isn't, this isn't about doing it slower or doing it faster. This is about doing it safe and, and following the methods yep. and and doing you know doing it the proper way. Yeah, is there shits and giggles and funnies about some of the stuff that we had to do? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because it's work. Work sucks, and you have to make the best of it. And sometimes that's making fun of a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. I think what so, makes it funny is how is watching how stressed out management got over it. I mean, they constantly tell you that they want you to follow their methods. We have our methods. You need to follow our methods. Absolutely, I agree with you. Now, you realize when I do that, I am going to naturally be slower, but safer, right? Yep. And and that's the thing that they can't recognize. And when they get upset, I mean, that's what makes it so funny to me. It's like, I did exactly what you told me to do. So, And that's what makes you Teflon. If you're doing exactly the methods and exactly what you're supposed to do with air commits and properly coding your brakes out in your lunches, they have nothing. Right. They have nothing on you. Do everything and you can turn around and laugh at them. Like, yeah. wow, you have a problem today because I have 50 stops left and I'm not going to finish it. Yeah. Well you, well, you better get going. No, you have a problem. Yeah, you I don't have a problem. better get going. I could yeah. care less if it gets done or not. Right. I'm not in charge. You are, boss. 
Gary used to say that all the time when we were stewards. Hey, boss, you made a bad call. I don't get paid to think. Well, not. So we used to he'd be like, well, you know, we got this. And your manager's getting all stressed out. And Gary's like, you have a problem, boss. You do. Yeah. I don't. I get paid either way. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, essentially you're there from start time until you're finished, right? That's the way I used to look at it. It wasn't like I got to be off of work five o'clock. It was, I'm going to get off when I get off. You know, my wife used to ask me, what time are we going to see you? I used to say, I'll see you Saturday, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Gary used to say all the time, I have UPS to do tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He's never upset. Gary's telling me, I'm never upset when there was a bad day or heavy day or because I didn't make plans tonight. My plans are UPS until I'm done. And one of the things that, you know, you guys both talk about a lot um, is that it doesn't matter what company does they could give you eight hours of work or they could give you 14 hours of work and you're going to approach it exactly the same way with the same attitude yep. everything's Absolutely. fucking boom 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 yeah one of to. the things that i see that really frustrates me is getting the phone call of well they fucked me today well why are you stressed out about that yeah. like they didn't fuck you you're fucking yourself by getting stressed out yep so I, well, and i think you, you know. just said that and you have to twist that back around is i didn't get fucked they just got fucked yeah can't, can't sure. rape the welling yep <laughs> well, they, they just really? got fucked because now i'm gonna make eight hundred dollars today right to go yeah. out and probably and... not even finish the route mm-hmm. they're they're gonna they're gonna realize that it you know at some point yeah it's a process so. it's gonna take it's it takes time but it takes our members to actually follow their methods and do the route consistent you have to be consistent you got to mm-hmm. do it like you know, right. every you single can't day can't choose to do it one day and no, then not another. No, you it's Friday. To. I had something to do tonight, so I ran. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to be consistent that. on it every day. And, you know, the company will realize that, that, that they're not going to be able to put that extra work on you. And that will lead to future success. <clears throat> that Absolutely. will lead that's, that's to you is. having less stops down We're, the road. Gary yeah. and I both have hundreds of stories of drivers walking into the back of our package cars, looking inside and go, what are you going to do all day? What are you going to do all day? Yep, yep. Well, getting getting all pissy over nothing. Getting pissy because we have less work on our cars. Why you do you think, think more people don't realize what you guys know? I don't like that's the thing that boggles my mind. Why the, we put it out there all the time? We have the brainwashing. It's the, everything. it's the psychology of yep. it, and like what Lee hit on earlier. People, you know, it's the mentality of I got to get it done. I got to get it done. Yep. Well, you can only is get it the company that's brainwashing them to do done. that? It's both. Yeah, you're buying in. They're 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 selling you something, and you're buying it. Yeah. It's, how do we how do we sell it how do we sell it better? And it's free of charge what they're selling to you. Too. I know, right? And it's less and it's less money. Whatever they're right. selling you're to you, you're actively making less sell, money. They're, they're selling you less money. You make less. Gary used to say, "Look at these guys running to make less money." Yeah. Right? It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like the only a, the only thing you're getting out of it is a you know really really healthy heart. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, that's not true because of the stress. Every crusher that I've seen over the okay, most crushers I've seen over the years are limping. Yeah. yeah, because they end up having injuries and they're stressed. Right. The, who's the guys marching up and down the belts in the morning, throwing their hands in the air? I can't name names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when are we getting out of here? Oh, I got all this stuff to do. Gary has air. He'd walk it into the boss and go, here's five stops of air I won't do. You Have want fun. me to keep them or, you know, there's the difference. We're not stressed. They're stressed. We're not limping. They're limping. And you're effectively working. I mean, that's the thing that I think some people who take this mentality, but not to the same extent that you guys do, are missing, is you're actively working hand-in-hand with management every single day 
to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Hey, boss, I'm seeing this. What do you want to do about it? Right? Exactly. It's every you gotta, day. You got to put it on them, man. It's on them. It's their work. Right. Yep. Right. You're you're there to perform the job, and if if you they have to help you be successful in it. So you don't have to avoid management. You have to go and put it back on them. Gary yeah. used to teach me all the time. You know what upsets managers the most? Hmm. It's not yelling at them. It's not screaming at them. It's making them do their job. Mm-hmm. Walking exactly up to it. them and saying, "Hey, boss, what do you want me to do here?" Well, you make the decision. You're a professional driver. Right. Mm. Well, I, yes, I am, but uh, you're the boss and I don't make the decisions here. You do. And they hate it. Management wants you to make those decisions so that they can hold you accountable later if it doesn't work out. That's absolutely correct. But we're still missing out on a piece because a lot of our members aren't, aren't getting that. They're not seeing that they're not, well, maybe they see it, but they're taking the attitude that, that you guys brought up. Well, what are you going to do today? What are you doing all day? Right? Like we got to be able to sell our message better. And I, you know, I mean, obviously you two are the OGs, very effective at what you've done over your entire career, Gary. I mean, I haven't seen anything more magical than our time on the Keolis strike line. Like those guys are all dialed in because of your leadership. Yep. Yeah, no. And it's, you know, it's, you know, when they'd say that and they'd see those cars, I mean, basically it comes down to is I'm working safe today. You know, I'm not out there running my sack off yeah. um, to get boxes delivered. I'm out there actually doing the job the way you're supposed to do the job and I'm doing it safely in the way that I was trained to do this job that UPS wants you to do it. That's what it comes down to when, when you have to do it that way. So it's not, you know, this isn't a, um, a, uh, 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 a foot race of who's going to get the route done faster. Cause what are you going to, what are you getting for that? What are you getting for that? What's Left pride? Back? What's pride get you? Yep. That's all. That's all you're getting. I take. I take no. I take yeah. pride. I take pride in being a teamster. I mean, yeah. your body. Good you, point. You I take pride in fucking working safe. Good you point. Only, you only get one body. Correct. It's yep. all you get. You know, you don't get a replacement body. And if you think beating that body up at UPS is what you need to do uh, to get ahead, then that's then you're doing it wrong, right? You're just going to be a, a sore ass person later on in life when you get to retire and enjoy all that pension, right? You know, well, you need to do it by the methods. Who's going to push you around when you're retired in your, in your uh, wheelchair? Yeah. Is well, it going to be your boss who appreciated all those great numbers that you threw up for him and all that times you skipped your lunch to get those airs delivered and to get that business off? They won't even, re- they won't even remember they you. They won't even remember your name. One yeah. time. Uh, Especially warm- after they get fired. Yeah. <laughs> Most True. of them do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Their uh, Teamsters are forever. Management yeah. temporary. You're right. Um, one thing Warren Buffett said one time during a speech at a university is if you had one car for the rest of your life, how well will you treat it? And everybody's like, oh, I'll treat that thing well. I'll get the maintenance check. Well, why aren't you guys doing that to your body? Mm. You know, Great and point. The Great guy's point. jetting out the package car with a 70-pound package over mm. their, their shoulder because they're trying to get these stops off. You got a hand cart for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And... uh and going back to, uh, I would set letters on the on the <laughs> yeah the floor before I even. That's hopped very out. safe of you, Gary. Gary, yeah, no, I wouldn't carry anything out. That seriously. is a Gary move. I give him credit for that because mm. there's still drivers occasionally who mimic it. Yeah, yeah. And I, Gary was the first one I ever saw do that. Fantastic. Put the letters right there on the floor, and it would infuriate the managers. And Gary'd be like, "Hey, that's the methods. That's the method. It is. It is." Well, and like Gary said, put it back on them. One time, I had a supervisor tell me, "Hey." On this route, you don't have no resi backs, but you have long driveways. Why aren't you driving down the driveways? And I was like, We don't drive down driveways. We can't do res- we can't do residential backs. He goes, Oh no, no, you're exempt from it. It's only for the other guys. 
So I send a message in my dad while he's telling me this. Per this supervisor, I'm told that I could residential back. And the center manager replies back, absolutely not. <laughs> and you know why? Because you put it on record. Yeah, and I, and I, I grab my dad and I look at the supervisor and say, huh, your boss says I can't. That's another there thing I want to point out about being on record. How many of us are letting our manager call us on our personal cell phones mm -hmm. to give us directions, to give us instructions, go here, sheet this up dirty, yeah, do, do this, this. Some, do this dirty, do this dirty, it, all on your cell phone. Right. When you send a message in, so when they'd say, hey, Lee, sheet that up, it's closed, the misload that I'm in Carson City and that it's in Reno. Right. They're like, send me a, a, a personal text or a even sometimes a message on a dyad, but do this dirty. I'd send it back. Well, that's falsifying documents, but I will comply when I'm instructed. Please advise. I never got advised to do anything because so it's on record. It's on right. the dyad. Right. You guys should be using the dyad to communicate with your bosses, not your cell phones. And from there, you cheated it up as missed, right? Correct. That's I cheated as missed because that's the method. Right. I, I have a great story to talk about sending Ooh, messages. I love on, <laughs> on the dyad. So. This is why this is why we're so excited to have both of you here. Your stories are incredible. Some of the, it's just it's comical thinking about it after all these years later. But it is hard uh, to remember some of them. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I I mean I had a center manager that um, you know instructed me that I have to send a message in every single day before I finish work, right? And I'm sure the button's still there, finished work, you know, what do you, yeah, there is, yeah. what's next, right? I don't know what it says now, but so I said, okay, thanks boss. No problem. I'll send a message in before I come in after I finish my work that I, that I'll do that. So I sent the message in that I finished the work. I sat out there for three and a half hours yep. in the package <laughs> car sitting, waiting for them to respond. Uh -huh. Cause he told me I can't come in until, you, you know, somebody from get... the office responds. Finally, the OMS gets on. Uh, three and a half hours later. Oh, sorry. I just saw this. Please come in. We don't have any other work for you. I said, great. You know, request acknowledge and accept it. I drove in. Yep. Next morning I'm in the office. Um, Lee was probably my steward. I was. Lee was I probably my steward when I, when I got into the office and the manager, I don't want to name names, but you know, was having a conniption and screaming and yelling and you know, what the F are you doing out there at, you know, three and a half hours, you finished your work, you sat on the side of the road, and I go, I was following your instructions, boss. Yep. Remember yesterday we were in the office, and you just told me that I need to send a message in and, and, and let someone direct me to come in before I come in? Get out of my office. You come in now whenever you finish your work. And I said, okay, no problem, boss. Talk to you later. <laughs> and so Gary from, and I would constantly be told by that particular center manager, yeah. Get out. Yep. Get out. Yeah, get Gary out. be my steward. I'd be his steward. But usually it was just the two of us. And one of us, if not both of us, were called in there on a daily basis. It was daily. Yep. Me once for almost a year straight, just daily. Yep. Yep. And we'd be like, well, boss, well, I didn't do that because of this boss and show him a message, that, you know, because mm -hmm. always take pictures of our yeah. messages, always cover our asses. Yep. And he'd be like, get out. Yep. <laughs> just get out. Because you put it back on him. Absolutely. Was, we put it back on him. He's following his instructions, right? I think so if I there's out there. one thing that anyone can take from this, it's put it back on them. Put That's everything scary. back on them. Yeah, everything. You're, you're just the, you're the package driver. The, those boxes are theirs. UPS is their company. You work for them, right? You you don't. There's no ownership in that. Like I said, when you retire, UPS doesn't come with you. Those boxes don't come with you. The customers do not come with you, mm -hmm. right? Those are UPS's customers. They're going to stay there. You need to listen to the managers and put everything back on the managers and make them work. If you yeah. want to be a genius, be thought to be ignorant. Right. What that means is every single time you don't know what to do, call your boss and ask him. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I need instructions. 
It drives them nuts. Well, don't it, you don't want to call what? your boss? You want to you want to message them. Yeah, excuse diet. me, yeah. you're correct. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Follow the methods, and you put everything back on management. You will never get in trouble. Right. You'll have a long success, and you'll never be stressed out about being in trouble because you covered your ass. And every time they call you in the office, then they'll tell you to get out. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> get out, get out. And Just when get you follow out, all that you. stuff, most of the time they'll leave you alone after all of that, right? right. They you give up. You don't have to go in the office and and every morning and whine about how many extra stops you got that yeah. day. Yep. Well, both of you guys were stewards, right? So, I mean, I, I feel like the the line of stewards that we have now in package really derives from from what you guys have, have done. Um, one of the stories that I love to hear is the the steward stories, you know, where uh, you know, Lee, you would pull pull them out for a union caucus, and you know they'd say, "What are we doing?" And you're like, "Oh, we're having a coke." We're yeah, it was uh, Ed, Ed Ed Anderson did that actually. Oh, was that, I can't was take, that Ed Anderson? I, I can't take credit oh. for that, even though he told me after I told that story that he didn't remember it. That's right. <laughs> it was him. Uh, he 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 literally. So Gary, I'm going to give Gary credit again. Even though I did train a bunch of stewards, Todd Copper, yeah, uh, Chad Forrester. He's the one that told me, hey, we're there to diffuse or, or infuse situations. What that means is called, these caucuses, we're, they're, they're called at specific times. Either when the manager's right in the middle of making a great point that's killing our member, great time to call a caucus. Great time to call a caucus. Because, or if the number one reason is if the man, and our members unfortunately do this way too much. They get, yeah, yeah, at the mouth. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. What are we doing there? We're being quiet. We're going to listen to what they what they have on us. Correct. If they say what's the number one thing they say to get, to go fishing, what happened out there? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. Gary used to say famously, I can, I can say it. So go ahead. They, you know, they'd bring you in there on a review looking for your stops, right? Like, what have you been, you know, what were you doing from this stop to this stop? And I would sit in there and I would say, I am working for UPS. The manager would look at me and say, well, that's not good enough. And I would look back at him and say, Calm, polite, everything right. Yep. Nope. Never no change. No change in demeanor. I'd look back at him and say, "Working for UPS isn't good enough," because <laughs> they would good. say, "Oh, that's not good enough." They're 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 fishing for information. So, right. working for UPS is not good enough. And then you'd hear, "Get the fuck out of my office!" <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and then we'd go outside and laugh. We'd start laughing the minute we. La- I mean, door wasn't even closed. Wasn't we'd here. start laughing, and that too is a projection. Mm-hmm. I used to teach this to Todd dealing with Lauren O'Donnelly. When before Lauren's door would close, I'd say something smart asked. Yeah. Just low enough to where it was directed at Todd, but just high enough to where Lauren would hear it. Yep. Just to show him we don't care. Right. Everything and you just did, we don't care. Yeah. The the moral behind that of saying working for UPS and you know what my you know, my thought process behind that was is get your fat ass out of your fucking desk. <laughs> And come out and follow me to see what I'm doing, <laughs> dumbass. Right. Yep. I mean, that's what it comes down to. There are certain situations where if they've got something on you, they got something on you. And if it's clean, it's, you know, like whatever. If they've done their due diligence, even when they job, do that, they are going to question you and fish. Right. That is the point. You want them to give you the information, not yes. the other way around. You don't want to talk when you're in there. No. Unless you're asked, the, the rule is yes and no. And you answer you every know. question yes and no, or true, I don't know. True or false. Yep. Or I don't know. Or I, I don't recall that. They'll show you eventually when they yeah. when they letter you. Yeah, they'll ha- they, if they if they're pulling you in. They think they got something. Yeah, they're, they've already made. Gary's telling me this. They've made their mind up whether they're going to discipline you already. Yeah, 
They want to know is how much they can discipline you when they bring you in there. And that's where shutting up is. Shut up. Don't say anything. You don't have to. That's their meeting. Be quiet. Let them do it. Your meeting's tomorrow when you hand them a stack of grievances. Gary's tell me that too. They have their meeting. We don't talk during their meeting. Next day, we walk in with 25 grievances, and that's our meeting. Right. They don't get to talk. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. it's pretty clear. Yeah. They, they love to get our members upset because when you're upset you're more likely to talk absolutely that and they're going to get more production out of you because you're angry and, right that's, and that's that's their whole game plan that's their you know well let me tell you what happened well i called in because you put an apartment complex on me oh uh, there we slap go slap on the head Got that's him. exactly what you shouldn't have said you shouldn't have been saying anything at all yeah period i hate when people say that i, I, I hate it when I they talk apartments about. because they take longer you know i mean that's I, I there's there's no route out there that's great guys they all suck yeah, yeah. you make them your own you make them great you yeah. can make them worse though yeah you can that, yeah one thing lee taught By me doing more work on them yep. is you get to choose what kind of day you want to have absolutely mm. as a teamster we get to choose yeah yeah Right? They get to choose how many hours I'm there. That's true. Yeah. But I get to choose what kind of day it is. Yeah. I choose if it's going to be a good day in a 14-hour. I've had some great – I've had some 16-hour day. days. I've had an 18-hour day. Yeah. And I've had all mostly good because I've made them that way, me, mentally. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, they give you an 18-hour day. That's money raining from the sky. Right. Well, it, that wasn't planned, but no, no, certainly not. I uh, ran out of drive time in uh, Tam Reeves, another manager who's no longer with oh, us. Oh, Tam. <laughs> Jody Johnson used to say, used to, I, I was still a part timer, man. And uh, he was, he was in the building and she would come in, air sort would be on fire. And she'd be like, how do you spell failure? T A M Tam. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I was like brand new. I didn't, I was like, Jesus, what is going on over there? Like, and it's just, you know, I, I will never forget that. Yeah. But when you run out of drive time, I don't know if they do this anymore, but they would have uh, to punish you. There was UPS is all about big on oh, punishments. Yeah, they love their punishments. They would send age person out to drive the car and continue to make you, I know sit, you've done this. Sit I'm, I'm big on punishment too. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but I like to punish the managers. Yeah, and exactly. Gary just said it. I I finished my last stop at 12:24 p.m. a.m. Mm -hmm. the next day. Yeah. Because I'm not going to then. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be. I'm already. If I'm not off by 6:30, I'm going to. It's going to be a late night. What difference does it make if it's eight or if it's ten or if it's a 12 or one in my case? Right. Makes no difference at that point. Your day is already. Ruined. I remember that. Yeah. You remember when I was out there all night? Yeah. And Chris Wagner, excuse me, I said his name. Oh, my gosh. Well, he's not there anymore. That's true. I can talk about C-Wags. The Wags. C-Wags had an impressive alcohol drawer. I think most managers do in the drawer of his office desk. I think you need to in order to survive there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gary and I tortured that guy for 15 years. Yeah, there's only one place you go after you being a UPS manager. It's just the unemployment line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or you go to get a divorce or you go to. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the culture yeah. that they built. They build that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He was, he was broken down over the years. I actually, yeah. towards the end, liked Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I think, mo I think most of them. He was trained. He was well trained after, <laughs> by Gary after, yeah. after many years of abuse. So. Yes. I Gary think, and I trained him. I think after a long enough career, you finally figure it out. Right. Like, like whether you're on management or not, like, I think these guys who are nearing the end of their career finally figure out, like, it's not about the fucking game it's about just making sure that we get the job done and we're all trying to work together and da, 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 da. and like if if management would just come in with that attitude 
man, shit would be so much easier. They have an attitude of breaking you. I know. You're you're know. you're a wild stallion, then they want to break you. It's, they need you to run in a line. They don't want you running free. They just yeah, need to and, point and you in a direction. And that's where the psychology comes in. You have to break them. Yep. Right. And the psychology that we continue to talk about, Gary and I here, is key. It's what makes or breaks you down there at UPS. You want to survive, change your, your mind. Yeah. Change the way you think. Correct. Change yourself. They're not going to change. UPS is never, you're never going to change them. You can file a thousand grievances. I don't care. You're not changing them. And that's not to say it's going to be perfect. There's been days that I've seen you, you know, just be absolutely fucking like, this is bullshit. Fuck. I hate everything. Like, but that's rare, right? right. Like for the most part, it's smooth sailing. This is going to be how it's going to be. I'm going to make it a good day. It's going to be a good fucking day. Everybody has well, a bad day. Once, where they, what, go ahead, Gary. once you get into the mindset that, I mean, come on, you work for UPS, right? I mean, it's, is it a good day? Right. I, I used to have the mindset no matter what, man, I coming into work, I'm fucked today and I'm not getting off till late. That's true. Big, big deal. Right. Every once, day's fucked. once you, yep. once you get past that mindset that, you know, no matter what, you're screwed. And then when you actually get, get off early one day, then, yeah, oh, cool, I got off one day early yeah. or whatever, right? But and you enjoy it more. Yeah, but other than that, it was just like you have to prepare yourself. It's not prepare yourself mentally that I want to get off early today. You have to prepare yourself mentally that, you know, I'm going into work and I'm going to be screwed today until I freaking get off. And Big deal. And yeah. how do you handle the, the, I mean, you know, the clapback that I'm going to hear to this all the time is, well, but, you know, my family, my family, my family. You guys both have families and had families throughout this entire time. Like, Correct. How do you how do you mentally prepare your family for that as well, right? Like, because that they're a big part of it. That's tough because everybody's different. What I mean by that is your wife, her threshold might be higher than mine or lower sure. than my wife's. Yeah, I had a lot of nights. Summer was, and I've been married twenty years, but the first ten of her being a UPS wife were hard. We had mm -hmm. two young kids, and I was never there. Right, never. And she, I would come home to a crying wife a lot, and I would just, and she'd tell me. Like, I'm sure most of the young drivers here, why can't you just get off? Why can't you just, why do you have to take mm -hmm. your lunch? Why can't you just work your lunch? And I would explain to her. I would sit her down and explain to her, honey, I can't because if I do it once, they'll expect it. They'll put more work on me and then I'm going to have to run even harder so to part get of here it. off by six, seven, whatever. And part then, of I'm, it gonna, is and then I'm putting myself in a position where, you know, this this nice paycheck that we get, um, you know, weekly from UPS is could be jeopardized because I'm not doing things by the book. I'm not being consistent, honey. I told her I have to be consistent. If right. I'm not consistent, I'm putting myself in danger. So both physically and with discipline. Yep. Really getting buy-in from your family. That's a key part of being able to go out there and be stress-free every day. Because I think, you know, the reason why management sends home those letters is to get your Good family point. to fucking Good come after you, and then you're getting hit on both sides. You get, you're coming to work, getting hit on by the managers. You're coming home, you're getting hit on by your spouse or your kids or whatever. Like, as a driver, I think we don't do a good enough job of, like, truly educating our partners on what it is that they need to expect. Um, I you know always, I didn't when I was a driver. You can always go into upsers.com and change your address to, you know, <laughs> 355 Vista Boulevard yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they can mail it to themselves. Mm -hmm. So oh, 100%. You're right you about know. the pressure, though. But, that but goes I do I do like what you're saying there. It's just making light bulbs go off in yeah. my head. And, yeah, ding, ding, ding. and, you know, why don't we have managers' um, home addresses so we can send them the grievances to their wives? Fantastic. Yeah. 
Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Hey, that's some, I mean, that's something we should probably research, though. But no. going back to the family, <laughs> I know this is the number one reason that, that drivers tell me they run. Yep. And I'm telling you every, I can't tell you what to say to your wife. You have to say, but I'm telling you this, if you are not consistent with UPS, they will, they will, you'll succumb to their anxiety. You'll police yourself and then you're their puppet. And the other thing to remember is when you're coming to that anxiety, you're actively shortening your life, your ability to spend time. Like, yeah, I'm losing out on hours now, but as long as I set up conditions on the weekend to spend time with my family, Mm -hmm. I'm setting up like in reserving vacation time to actively spend time with, with family. Like we get all these sick days and holidays and vacation. Use that to like actually spend time, make it so that the time that you have counts and matters and is, is there in quality. And that way, when you make it to retirement, you're not two or three years away from dying because you're so fucking stressed. Yeah. So every single grievance check that I nine fives, I'm filing them like crazy. You are. I'm spending that on a Disneyland trip. Mm-hmm. I'm taking them somewhere saying, hey, this is, was for you guys. Yeah. this I'm not just going to go run out and, and buy yeah. a new truck. Yeah. I'm going to take my family somewhere and say, this was the 9-5 money. This was why you guys sacrificed. Because they sacrifice as much as we do, if not more. 100%. Yeah. But if you keep running, you're, what are you going to get? More work. You're going to get more. Oh, look, he got that done. Boom. And then it's going to be harder and harder for you to get what you want, which is to get home to your family. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, touch on that a little bit too. I used to, you know, I I, I liked the, the the analogy there, right? And it's um, I would be, uh, you know, I used to go to the office, you know, tell the manager when I'm given the nine five grievances, and I would I would laugh about it essentially, you know, here's you know here's my nine five, and you know they would be pissed, and I would just say, hey, this is a, you know, this is a win win situation for me, man. I go, I'm winning when you pay me the nine five, and I'm winning when you get me off before nine five. So you decide what you want to do with it. I go, I, I, I'm happy either way. I'm happy when you're paying me for the nine five and I'm happy when you get off. So yeah. when I get off earlier. Yep. So it's, you, you have to have that mindset of, of, you know, you're, you're winning on both ends of that. You're doing stuff by the book uh, and that, that all flows together. I mean, and that's is why we're, you know, whoever's out there listening to us today, you know, follow the methods, do stuff by the work, by the book, the process works. It does. The, the grievance process works. Yep. Um, it does take time. It's This isn't something that's going to be fixed in uh, a day, a week, a month. It, it's going to take, I mean, what me and Lee are talking about is stuff that this, some of this stuff took years. Years, right? decades. That we did. Yep. And it just takes time and you have to have patience for that. And yep. I know, I know patience is, is hard. I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of patience myself, but um, when I'm fucking with management, I do. So, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, you have to have that patience in, in to follow those processes. And if you need to family day, don't come to work. Don't go into the office and say, Hey, my daughter has a dance recital at six boss. Can you hook me up? Oh yeah, bro. I got you. Don't, Here's an extra never, 30 stops. They'll never hook you up. Cause they know you're motivated yeah. to get off early. Cause your daughter has your family. Run, 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 run. Call in sick. Because just like we have no production standard, we also don't have an attendance policy in our contract. It does not say in there, you call in sick exactly blank amount of times, you're fired. It doesn't say it. No. There's nothing. Call in sick. One thing, uh, drivers do show up how pissed off in the morning sometimes. Like, my daughter's at home sick. I called in and they told me I had to show up. (laughs) Fuck me. What do you guys think? Why'd you show up? You called in sick. They said, we hear you, but you can't say, have a great one and don't come in. Wow. What are we doing, dude? (laughs) Wow. 
Well, Come on, guys. I mean, I've told you guys this story before, but I mean, I used when I would call in, I would just state my name and tell them I'm not being in today. Click, hang up the phone. It, don't even give got, them a chance it, to respond. Don't even give them a chance to respond. It doesn't say who you have to call into. It just says you have to notify the company that you're not going to be to work. He right? just said it. I'd have an OMS said, hold on, you need to talk to another manager. I'd be like, I just told you, and now you're going to tell them. Click, you know, click. It was, it was to the point that you know the, the OMSs were hanging up on me as soon as I stated my name. <laughs> and now they have- they're, a, Thinking they're pissing me off, just going, no, I just got my way. They've got uh, <laughs> caller ID now, so I have to star 67 them when right. I call in. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Summer's like, how did I had to, my wife, because I'm not a techie, and mm-hmm. she's like, I'm like, they won't answer. Oh, this was a couple yeah. years ago when I figured it out. So now I star 67 them, and I don't talk to anybody, but the first person answers that phone, guys. Right, so as soon as they say, oh, I got to pass do. you off to, no, 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 no. This is Lee Harris. Calling I'm in. calling in. I'm using a, whatever you want to say, and then goodbye. Right. It doesn't have to be this fucking stressful thing. And you don't have to be a dick either. No. Just be business. Right. It's all business. You don't even have to say you're sick. Just say that I'm, I'm not using, be I'm there. using a yeah. sick day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's going on? Click. It's none of their business. Nope. Yeah. They don't. It's a personal day. You don't tell them why. And then they pull you into the office the next day and say, "Oh, well, I really need you here." And that's great. Yep. That's awesome. And I really needed to call in. I mean, on the flip side of that, you know, I I know like I'm dealing with a lot of uh, part timers who are calling in 20, 30 times in two, three month period, right? Like that is is one of those things that's really hard, right, for us to defend. But if you're if you're using it using your days as they're intended to be used and fucking taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, no one can begrudge you that. And they can't fucking go after you for that. Nope. If you're if you're fucking calling in thirty times in three months, you know, please fix that. There's, there's I, like, an, help there's me an help there, help yeah. me help you. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but if you're if you're using your days and you need the time, fucking use the time. I call in sick. Uh, I mean, no one has a number on it, but no. it's not 30 times a month. No. Okay. No. I'm pretty consistent about showing up. It's important that we come to work. Right. We're we te- still, we're we still work. We're right? teamsters. We're but, there to do a job. But you have those days for a fucking reason and you can use them. You damn right. If, if, if any of my kids or my wife needs anything, I'm not coming in to deliver packages. Mm-hmm. I'm taking care of my family's first. Mm-hmm. So with that said, you always prioritize your family. Yeah. It's hard to do with a job like this. That's why we call in. That's why I'm telling you guys, call in, prioritize your family, because UPS isn't going to do it. No. You have to. They don't want you to. No. So. There's uh, this driver that works 12, 13 hours a day, and I asked him, I was like, how do you keep your wife happy? He says, simple. We make so much money that when we go on vacation, I leave my phone in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. So when we're out there with the kids, yeah, it's them time. You need to do that, like I was mentioning earlier about spending my grievance money on my family. Yeah. yeah. I prioritize them. When I had the time, they were first. Do you have like a separate grievance account? Like a separate account for your grievances? Well, before my wife worked, started working here, maybe. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> she fair. knows every nickel that comes through now. That's fair. The bookkeeper. <laughs> so the separate account is, uh, is Summer's account. That's well, good. Yeah, we're yeah. going to the Disneyland again in December on grievance money. Right. Thank you, UPS. That's pretty exciting. I love Disneyland. Disneyland. It's yeah. Place. They're going to hand out free money, man. Put yeah. your hand out there and take and it. And it's not uh, a little bit of money, guys. It's several K. So yeah. Yeah. That you're leaving money, money on the table when you're not filing these grievances. I yeah. can't believe the number of people that that can and choose not to file nine five you want to see how shocking that is come to a union meeting and tell a bus driver 
that you get to pay file a grievance for triple time. And most of them will go, well, all of you are doing that. Right. And I laugh and go, no, actually those guys don't do it. As a matter of fact, they run harder so that they won't have to. They're leaving money on the table. Lots, thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. Especially when UPS is cutting all that free money, man, you might as well, you might as well put your hand out there and take those checks. Even with the, the number of people who aren't utilizing nine five and taking advantage of that and aren't, filing on supervisor working and you know even with that our local as a whole has gotten better at filing like our members have gotten better at filing and advocating for themselves we have won back over six hundred thousand dollars in grievance money from the company this year alone and that's huge that's right great. like yeah, that's, that's well, gary yeah. said it earlier grievance process more. works guys it's a long process yeah, that's great. It is. you have process. to be extremely patient but these grievances don't go away UPS will put them off to the side and they'll push them sometimes a year or two. They'll push them back, but eventually you will get paid. Yeah. My job is to make sure that that shit's tracked and taken care of and nothing's forgotten. What we need is our members. And just think if we were all filing them guys, I know that that $600,000 this year, that's, that's with money, lots of money still left on the table. Exactly. I mean, I'm going to guess they're 25, maybe 30% of our members file. Yeah. About that. Think if it was 90%, guys. Think and if it was 90%. The way that it went this year, they, everyone was working. It just, it just goes back. I mean, me me and uh, Lee and I used to have these conversations back in the day, too. Yes, we if did. You, if everybody, you know, ran their routes by the methods. Mm-hmm. And took a lunch. And took their lunch, took their breaks. You know how many routes they would have to run? <laughs> Probably yeah. two to three times what they have right now. Yep. It would be a you know how many more full-timers world. we'd have over there? Yep. Two to a three lot. times what we have right now because mm-hmm. you're following the methods. Yep. And everyone goes out these, and has a good day. Th- yeah. None of these routes should have anywhere over, you know, 90 to 100 stops a day. 80 to 100, maybe 120 if you're all resi route. Yeah. But yeah, these routes nice going out with 300 stops, Crazy. what are you guys doing? But besides putting the toll of UPS's profits on your knees and back. They're going to walk out of there crippled. Yeah, I'm telling you, yes, you will. Or you'll be so stressed out, you'll be drinking when you get home every night. Right, and then you'll end up in a program. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of drivers are uh, so afraid of having more work that they DR packages now at apartment complexes (laughs) right in front of the the door. Well, Well, here's an issue of DRs. UPS now tells us to do that. They do. If for they the, tell for those us, of us if, that are listening that aren't don't know what a DR is at a UPS where it's driver release. release. Driver release. Yeah, Leave the box without getting a signature. Back in you know, I've been around a long time. In the nineties, that was huge. No, 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 no. Even when Gary yeah. started, we didn't do that. The but you, my point was if the company tells you guys to do something, you do it. Unless it's unsafe. What does that mean? If they say, well, yeah, that section of town is on fire right now, Lee, but we really need you to get that next day off. You can refuse. They can say, we're going to fire you. You can say, go right ahead. That's unsafe. I'm not driving through a fire. But anything else, guys, I have a lot of drivers that will say, well, they told me I said no. Why? Why are you saying no? no. You're not the boss. You do what your boss told you to do. Well, it's wrong. So? You're not the boss. If he tells you to do something wrong, then you do it. Because just document not. it. There you go. Document it. Put back in writing. Hey, just following up on the conversation we just had, you want me to do this. I'm happy to do that. Have a good day. I'm more than happy to do it your way, boss. Yeah. I'm not there to tell my boss that it's stupid. As a matter of fact, he makes me more money when he tells me to do stupid things. And, <laughs> and, and the contract talks about it being immediate danger. 
right? Like, so to your point, he wants you to drive into a fucking flood zone or a fire or whatever. No, I'm not doing that. He wants you to take a red tagged vehicle out. No, I'm not doing that, right? Something that's that's against the DOT. I'm not doing that. But, you know, other than that, just work as instructed. Anything. Put it, And put it back on them. Yep. Correct. Hey, I, I know you told me to do this. More than happy to do that. Just confirming. Just want to confirm in writing. Yep. As I was saying earlier about when they send you a message saying you telling you to sheet a misload up is closed when you're in Carson City and the misload's in Reno. Yeah. I would say send a message on the dyad, not my personal cell phone, because you want it on record and say, I am happy to comply when I am instructed because that is falsifying records. Please advise. Don't get mad. Yeah. It's just, just business. They have a business to run. We have a business too. Our business is grievances. There's, there's is mm-hmm. profit. So. And letters. And letters. They love letters. Yes, they Chopping do. Chopping down trees. How much letters do you guys will say between both of you guys you <laughs> think you guys have? I don't have a whole lot, actually. Wow. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I literally, I, I just. was only fired one time. <laughs> really? That's it? I was only fired one time in my career there. Congratulations. Shocking, right? That's got to be shocking to everybody listening. Okay, so are you saying walked out or. No, no. It was, or it was, Ron, it was, Ron Powell, Ron uh, Powell. belly bumped you up there and you yeah. had to go file a police report. Yeah, so no, that was, uh, Ooh, yeah, that was, that was hear, the time I got terminated. Yeah, it was the time. That was a good came, story. Yeah. yeah. Rich so, Flowers. Yeah, that was me and uh, Rich Flowers at the time. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the details of why we were being called into the office. I'm sure it was probably what was I doing between this stop and this stop, right? Um, you know, the time checks that they were doing. But we got called in the office, and I probably gave them, you know, the old UPS. I was working for UPS Spiel, and, um, you know, it was I think it was Chris Wagner and Ron Powell at the time that were in the office, and, uh, we basically said, okay, the conversation's uh, uh, over, right? And, you know, they were just still sitting there looking at us. Me and Rich got up and tried to uh, leave the office, and uh, Mr. Ron Powell went in front of the door and blocked the door on us. So, Oh, my gosh. Um, he was holding them hostage at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, he was basically 100%. wouldn't let us out. And These guys uh, are union stewards, by the way. Yeah, so when a us, union steward said meeting's over and he wants to leave, they're allowed to leave, guys. Yeah, we, we were both, um, you know, stewards and uh, the meeting was over. I was, I think Rich was, uh, yeah, Rich was representing me in there and, uh, he blocks the door and I think we asked him a couple of times to move. Uh, finally he got out of the way, I believe. I think we just grabbed the handle and opened the door. Um, and he, and he moved out of the way and go outside. We talk about it. Uh, we come back in saying, no, this is just too much of a hostile, hostile work environment. Uh, we don't feel comfortable today driving the package car and we're going home. So me and Rich both got terminated that day. Rich has been terminated more than I have, but he's been terminated off roll at one point. Rich actually lost time, a significant yeah. amount of time. Not, not for this scenario. Yeah, so, and then we, so we left. Um, um, we didn't know we were being terminated at that point. We just left, and we went over to the Sparks Police Department, and we filed kidnapping charges <laughs> against uh, Ron Powell for uh, locking us uh Locking us and basically leaving us in that room and blocking the door, you know, it's funny, right? But right. The charges didn't go anywhere. No, Obviously, they not. don't. But yeah. that's not why we filed. Right. Them. You're yeah. not yeah. filing the charges for them to go somewhere. It's, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, they're going to go to jail now. Yeah, right. But we had it's not why we do it. We had the documents, and you know, of course, they lettered us for. They said, you know, it was job abandonment or whatever. But that that case didn't even make it out of pre-panel. 
Most so, of them don't. Yeah, no, most of them don't. I've probably no. been terminated 20 or 30 times. Yeah, and see. I, yeah. I didn't lose time once. Did you ever make it out of pre-panel? Did you have to go to panel ever? I've I've been to tons of panels, but not for myself. But not for yourself, right? They all at pre-panel got tossed. Yeah. Most of them do, guys. Uh, pretty much every discipline that you receive is going to be go to pre-panel, and it's going to be negotiated down, if not dis- dismissed, dismissed completely. And I'm yep. going to say 70% of it's dismissed. I just got a termination letter two months ago. So I'm still getting them to this day. (laughs) Lucky you. Lucky you. Unreported accident. Oh, good for you. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I was didn't didn't think I heard a person's gate, and I did. I guess I messed it up bad, and I just I just went in there. Another lesson for the members: when you go in there and you play stupid, you continue to play stupid all the way, and which is exactly what I did until he told me what I did, and then I never said I was not at the at the place that it happened at. I knew I did it. Right. But I said, hey, so what happened, just full full story, is I was coming out of a gate in Dayton. Mm-hmm. It's super windy day. I was halfway through, gate, Came and wind blew, the gate slammed into my package car. So I looked in my mirror. I didn't get out, which is what I should have stopped. Yeah. Let's go. Let's say what I should have done. I should have, as soon as that gate hit that package car, I should have stopped, gotten out, and looked for damage. But I didn't. So even a guy seasoned in 32 years yeah. at this company, I made a mistake. You're a human. Yeah. Everybody, guys, it's going to happen to everybody. I've been here for 32 years. I was a lead shop steward. I know better. Yeah. But I still fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I thought it looked okay, no damage. Gates on windy days hitting my package car in Dayton was a normal occurrence. Mm-hmm. So I left. Well, apparently I bent the gate. Got it. And so a customer calls in. Long story short, I'm in the office with Jason. And there we are. And uh, the guy's like, you did this and this. I, and I told him, yes, the gate hit my package car. Yes, I knew it hit the package car. Yeah, I didn't. I was at that address. I didn't think a damage was done, so I left. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why I got terminated for, which is- They complete, ended up still giving you a termination? Absolutely, wow. he did. He, you know, he told me he wasn't going to, I mean, she wasn't going to give me one, but this hot shot from California after giving me his resume for 20 minutes. Fantastic. I'm this, I'm that, I used to be this, I used to be that. And I'm like, and here you are in Sparks, Nevada. That's tough. <laughs> so obviously you suck. Yeah. Yeah. They, they send managers here to die. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, you're Bring, not you're not coming here to get a promotion. Yeah. So ultimately, when you're in the office, I guess the moral of that story is, uh, you know, don't talk until you find out what they have on you, and then don't deny, don't lie. Right. Tell don't the truth. Lie. Don't lie. Teamsters don't never lie. lie. Be be truthful. Absolutely. I was a hundred percent truthful what I did that day, and I did fuck up. Yeah. And he, I said that I didn't say it in those in those terms, but I said yes, I made a mistake. I should have gotten out at the time. Yeah. So, but I, why didn't you? And I said I didn't think damage occurred, but. Don't do that, guys. Just call in everything. Yeah. Get out, check your vehicle, call it in. Yep. Even if, it, even if you think yourself, like, as I did, nothing happened or that's not my fault, you still call it in. Yeah. I don't care. Over report. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I did that my second year. I even sent him messages when I ran over a pine cone. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No damage so in the truck. Funny. I checked. I what, call, what I, back when I was still a steward, I called in. Backing into a rock, you know, people use yeah. those big boulders in their yards, and I just tapped it and I called it in, and I had left a note for the homeowner. Yeah, everybody thought I was being ridiculous, but no, it didn't matter. That's that's what we do. I mean, Esley, you have a what was it? There was something that you did. The your lights were out or something like that, and you reported it and pulled over on the side of the road. What was that? So, 
My horn stopped. Oh, that's right. It was your horn. This was, yeah, this was fun. So uh, this uh, happened. I got a new route, and, of course, the route was more than it should be, in my opinion, to do it safely. So it was within, I want to say, like two weeks of having the route. I was delivering uh, at this apartment complex. And there's usually right near the dumpster area. I like to back up the package car. So I'm at a, there's at like everyone's a loading way. Zone there. Was that? There's, there's like a loading zone or like a. Well, I just park it by the dumpster. Like yeah. the, there's a dumpster for. for uh, so, so the waste management guys could even get in there, right? Right. So I like to park it there and, and hand cart my, my packages safely. And I'm going and I hit the horn and nothing happens. It's about 7.35 at night. And I get the dyad out, and I send a message. Uh, need to uh, transfer load to a new truck. Truck is unsafe to operate. Horn stopped working. I get a phone call from my supervisor. I answer it. Don't answer it. Yeah, don't I, answer I know, it. I know, I know. Correct, correct, correct. Mistake number one. Correct. But I, I that thought... Was coming. I In know. this crowd right here, you knew that was coming. <laughs> I know. I know. So so I just answered because I was like, okay, well, maybe he's going to bring me a truck or something. So I answer it, and he goes, um, what's going on? I said, oh, the horn stopped working. He goes, uh, okay, you have like 15 stops left. Just just finish up and come in. I said, whoa, are you asking me to work unsafe? He's like, Finish, uh, finish and, and drive in. Are you asking me to work unsafe? And that's all I kept repeating. Are you asking me to work unsafe? Are you asking me to? He finally hangs up. And, you know, he was pissed. Calls me back. <sighs> Somebody be there with a new truck. There you go. Hangs up. <laughs> you won the dick competition. <laughs> Got out of horn, man. Yep. And dick competition. The uh, pers- uh, person meets me up and. They're like, oh, uh, we start transferring everything. They're like, oh, um, I tell the person, I was like, I wouldn't drive this. The horn does not work. Well, they, they want me to drive it back. I said, I'm telling you right now, you have the right to say no. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, no, then I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to. Long story short. They drove it back. They drove it back. Mm-hmm. Newer drivers, right? And I, uh, I finish up, uh. What's it called? Um, I finish up the route. I'm getting back to UPS at like 1045 at night. And the next morning, my boss was in the worst mood ever. Mm-hmm. That means you did your job. and Do it safely. Yeah, and everybody's like, hey, I need this. I need that. He goes, tell them because I got to go and follow this. He called me an asshole to other drivers because he decided to stay out late last night. Feather in our cap. But more I, angry that we make bosses, <laughs> that's the bigger that's a bigger feather in our cap. And, yeah. and now I'm not one to to brag about stories or, or tell other people what happened, right? And before you know, I didn't know the message spread. I had drivers drive by me in their truck. They're like, "I should check my horn too, huh?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Make sure your truck is safe to operate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, going yeah. back to the mindset of UPS, so that when when us guys that do things like this have a certain mindset are often judged by our peers. And that's another thing that irks me. Mm. The members, if, if you're not going to fully do it yourself, then don't worry about what I do. 
Yeah. In other words, what I mean by that is you have no idea how many drivers will go up and say, Esley, you're a piece of shit. That guy's piece of shit. Yeah. That guy can't finish his work, so therefore he's a piece of shit. I go out and run every day, and I get my work done. Yeah, I get my shit done. That guy's a piece of shit. Well, you know what? No, you choose to work unsafely. You choose to work, do what you're going to do. If you're going to decide to do that, that's fine. You're an individual. Make your choice. I've made my choice. I choose to uphold my own contract rights. Mm-hmm. I choose to have a backbone and stand up for myself and my rights, my contract rights. Right. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. But don't judge. Gary and I are guilty of guy Mo Rashidi threatened to stab me. Yeah, no. I, I, guess the, I mean, <laughs> Holy shit. I, he Literally. Yeah, I mean, Mo would... You know, he was one of their crushers. Wally Covington. Out, yeah, he'd go out and do like 300 stops a day, right? So, Jesus. And I, I remember, you know, on my route, he would, you know, he'd come and scream. I mean, Lee was in that same 509 area for a while too, but he'd come and scream at me in the mornings and I would just sit there calm, looking at him, laughing. You know, he'd be all pissed off, foaming at the mouth. You know, I got, I got, I got more of your work today, blah, blah. And I go, well, what time did you get off? And he was like, I got off at, you know, I got off at 530, 6 o'clock. Like I always do. And I go, well, t- you're going to get more of my work tomorrow, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary's answers are used to crack me up because yeah. he'd be like, well, you know, Mo, I, I don't really don't want to do those pickups anymore. You might be getting those. Yeah. <laughs> Which would throw him into a further frenzy. Yeah. Because he's, no matter what he's got on his truck, he's still going out there and getting, getting it, it done. done at the same time. And I was just like, it's your own problem. You're the one making I have this more your of problem. Your work. It's not my yeah. work, it's, it's UPS's not. work. That's no. what Gary would say to him. And Wally Covington, another driver retired, had all these foot problems and all these issues, but would go out and run and run and run. And then towards, what was it, two years after he retired, he walked in screaming at Gary all the time, you piece of shit, walked up to Gary and said, you were right. Wow. You were right. Yep. That's the justification that's nice to hear, but Gary and I already know we're right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to hear justification, but yeah, to your point, like, Just this follow- is how the job is supposed to be done. Yeah. And it's not like you guys are out there going up to them and going, well, you're running, you're a piece of shit. Like, that's my point. If you, if you We're are back choosing going, to if do, you that, do that, that's do it. your choice. Yeah. You want to go run today, you want to get off at six and run your tail off, knock yourself out. I choose not to. Right. Don't, don't call me a piece you. of shit. Yeah. Worry about yourself. Guys at UPS, this is, I know a lot of Teamsters listen to this, and we're all UPS guys, just to specify. We talk about UPS a lot here. But they will judge the guy next to them. Don't don't worry about that guy and what he's doing today. Worry about what's in your damn package car, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what that guy's doing. If he's running or if he's out late filing grievances, that's his business. As Teamsters, you worry about your damn self. Damn straight. And we for sure... Another thing that members do that, and I told you I was going to start going off on members. What well, you're here for? No, don't go to management and complain about Tony. Worry about your damn self. Don't worry about what Tony's doing. It's Tony's business what Tony's doing. We had a situation just the other day where uh, um, one of our members went up to management and started bitching about another driver. See? They did this. They did that. There, I, there I know this. And it's like, whoa, you now are opening yourself up to have – the, the other member who you just complained about and got in trouble come after you through the union, right? Absolutely. Because that's reproach upon another member. That's a fucking problem. Not only oh. you opening up for management to go after that driver, 
believe it or not, you're opening yourself up too. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. You're opening yourself management up. Management wants that. They Absolutely. Want you, they want you guys fighting with each other. That's that's part of their whole psychological game too. Yeah. Yep. So, and you 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 can't buy into that. You have to, you know, we've talked about it today. You got to put everything back up on management. Yeah, you need to don't, put it on like them. Lee, like what Lee said as well too. Don't blame the person next to you. Don't, who gives a shit what, you know, Joe over here is doing next to you or Bill's doing next to you over here. Worry about yourself and that package car. And Gary used to tell me what we should be doing is not saying Joe's a piece of shit. We should be saying, what's Joe doing that yeah. I'm not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have to figure out what that guy's doing because he's obviously smarter than me because yeah, he's doing work. a lot less work. Yeah. So I'd walk up to Joe place. and be like, Joe, like I did with Gary so many years ago. Yeah, Lee, Lee was a driver a lot longer before I was, man. And he, he used to get pissed off. What, what's this guy doing? You know, I'm over here getting fucked daily. What's this guy doing? He's laughing about it. Gary, I <laughs> before I was educated, I was not a union steward. Yeah. I had been driving here five, six years and when Gary was a young buck driver. And he would have way less work. And I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm doing his work. All the things we say not to do. I right. was doing that to him. Right. And he's like looking at me going, I agree with you, Lee. Why are you doing it? And he's <laughs> laughing, which <laughs> would infuriate me even more and make me even more angry. But I had the opportunity to go have beers with Gary. Yeah. You know, back in the day, we were, hey, we had mutual friends. And Gary was like putting his arm around me going, You've been here longer than me, bud. Why are you doing it? <laughs> laughing. And I realized, I was like, That's the attitude I want. Yeah. So I did exactly that. I said, What's this guy doing that I'm not doing? How do I become carefree and laugh at this situation like this guy does? And then it was when he went in the office and put everything back on the boss that I realized, fuck, this guy's got big old cojones. <laughs> he wasn't running. He wasn't running his nuts off, so he had the nuts to put on the table when he walked in the he office. Put, <laughs> he not only put his nuts on the table, when the bosses put their nuts on the table, he got his ball ping hammer out and went, ding! ding. We're, we're and the in. bosses would squeal up and put them back in their pants. We're, we're we're in the office and Lee was probably going in there for one of his terminations. One of my at, many. At one time and that that conversation turned in that we turned that conversation around in there. I basically put it on me and we had the two managers in there. I think it was loss prevention and the and the center manager at one oh, time. Oh, that's right. They uh, they don't even they didn't even know Hunter. Yeah, they didn't even know what they were talking about by the time the conversation ended and Lee didn't even get a letter. Right. Fantastic. We, we left we left the room and, and, and Lee's just we were sitting there laughing about it and they're in there fighting with each other. <laughs> <laughs> we flipped this script that is uh, going back to his steward tips. Yeah. Another thing that Gary taught me is that whenever we're in there and we're losing, you guys know what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Members talking too much or yeah. maybe they just got something on this guy. Gary would constantly stir up the shit, stir up the pot on something else with the manager to get him off topic. Like and, like something completely different, just like uh, yep, and it would it would infuriate them, and they would start they would buy into it, and they would start talking about it, and then before you know it, you're not talking about Tim anymore. You're talking Gary's arguing with the manager about something totally different. Awesome. Ten fifteen minutes of that, and then they're like, "Why are we in here?" Yeah. Gary'd be like, "Why are we in here? <laughs> Get <laughs> out!" And we'd leave. <laughs> they wouldn't even know what the hell we're in there for. That's awesome. a great st diversion. Yep. Whether you do it like Gary or you do it like Ed Anderson and call the caucus so you can go outside and have a Pepsi. It's right. a diversion. Yep. Great tactic if you're getting your ass kicked in the office or you can't get your member to shut up. And it doesn't work every time. But no, it, it can, no, it can but work. every once in a while. Some, I, some members just aren't going to shut up. True. I had a, a situation with uh, a member and there was they, they had four managers in there and uh, you could see that the members started getting really nervous. And I, I called a union caucus yelled at the management management team and said, 
I don't know why you need four fucking people in here. And they kicked all of them out except for except for one. And, you know, unfortunately, the members still yap in their jaw. Um, but at least it put us in a better position because, you know, that that's what you do. You, you, you know, as a steward or a business agent, you go in and you fucking try and create a diversion and put it back on management, get them riled up. Being quiet is especially important in another me story. That's that's easy to get them riled up, man, as long as you put it back on them. That's yeah. going to piss them off. That's a fact. At least Lee touched on that earlier. You know, they want you to manage it. Well, you're not the manager. You're the package car driver, right? Or mm-hmm. or whatever your position. Or the position, bus driver or the or, waste yeah, manager. Whatever, yeah, whatever position you are, right? They're the manager. Make them manage. Yeah, make them do their jobs. I mean, you guys hear me that when I, when I go down there. And I mean, when I was down there recently and – Whenever, uh, you know, I, I was calling her out on all her her little, uh, you know, future unemployment land managers from the preload mm-hmm. were, were doing uh, um, doing package car work after she sent everybody home. Not package car work, uh, uh, preload work, She was doing right? preload work. Preload yeah. work. She'd have drivers sit and load their cars for an hour or yeah. more. Yeah, she sent them all home, and then the drivers all leave, and then all this work's left behind on the belt, and the part-timers are gone, and she's having her managers run all the work, and I... You know, I started telling some of the part-timers that, hey, there's a grievance there. There's a grievance there. And she comes over and and she's like, well, blah, blah, blah. You need to start getting your Teamsters to show up to work is what she's saying to me. And I'm looking at her and I go, I don't think this is a Teamster issue. I go, I think this is a management issue and you don't know how to manage. You need to learn to manage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I kept saying that to her and then she finally walked away and, um, you know, and a bunch of the other, you know, part-time you know, supervisors that are heading to the unemployment line probably have to work, but you know, they're sitting there listening to it. And some of them were upset and some of them were kind of smiling, you know, because that's their boss. Right. And I'm telling their boss that she's a fucking idiot. Right. So, and that's Gary's, essentially what it comes down to manage the fucking, she needs to learn how to manage. Yeah. They had every they opportunity to keep part-timers to do that work. They refused to do that. And then they try and put it back on our guys. They made a decision, a business decision and it backfired. And now they're trying to have us take responsibility for that. That's like one of Gary's core concepts. He, when he was teaching stewards, he'd be like, guys, it's there. They run the business. We run the packages Mm -hmm. period. Let them do it. Let Let them run it. Let them do whatever it is they're going to do. And following up with them with a member and saying, Hey, make sure you get their time. Right. So that there's a grievance on that. We have so many, I mean, so many supervisor working grievances right now. I got supervisor grievance, working grievances coming out of my ears. And I'm going to win every single one of them because UPS, from your time to now, has created a culture of they love to have their supervisors work. And that's awesome. It. That's awesome because you know free what? Money for it's me. free money, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's- Triple you know, time pay, fellas, yeah. 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 at UPS when a soup works. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's ridiculous that you know when they send them home like that, and then the managers are all sitting there, and you know you're, you know it's you know hilarious because I used to come in early and file grievances on preload. So, I, matter of fact, I had four hundred of them in one month on. Them. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So supervisors working. Yeah, so. that's another thing that we don't understand why every member is not take this cheddar, guys. It's yeah. on the table. So right if there. you don't, somebody else will. Somebody's going to take it. It's money. It's sitting there. You're leaving money on the table. Give me more work. One well, time. if I file a grievance, they won't like me. Everybody likes Christmas oh. gifts, right? Yeah. Guess what, guys? UPS. They already don't like you. Yeah. UPS gives out Christmas gifts every day. Yeah. <laughs> you damn right. You don't need a free turkey when they're fucking giving you free money. I did yeah. like a turkey. So. I know. That damn was it. so nice. <laughs> one Sean, time. Will, Sean will bring them back. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope. I hope. <laughs> I want a free turkey. Uh, one time I went in to get my 9 5 
uh, signed, and the manager couldn't find his pen, so I have this fancy pen, and I uh, pulled it out and I put it on the table. I said, "You can use my pen." He goes, "This is a nice pen." I said, "Yeah, and if you fail to dispatch me right, I'll buy another one." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. They have, get mad. We have a, a, a business agent at a local 150. Uh, he was a shop steward, and he uh, he has a really nice like $17,000 Rolex watch that he paid for with grievance money. And he's like, yeah, this is my grievance watch. And he, he loves to go up to new managers and be like, Hey, look at this. This is my grievance watch. Yeah. And this cost me $17,000 that you guys gave to me. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's his thing. Awesome. He loves that. Well, it goes back to what Gary alluded to earlier. I win either way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win. I mean, you're either going to get me off at the hour I want to be off or you're going to pay me and I'm going to have a nice watch and yeah. a nice pen. Yeah, whatever else I want. Play by the rules. That's how it works. Yep. Yeah, play by their rules. Do everything by the book. Put it back on them. Put yep. it back on them, and you, you will never lose. Never. You will always win. And you'll feel better. And once you get Gary's right, takes time. Doesn't stuff doesn't happen overnight. You need to condition yourself, and and you need to. It takes time. But after a while, you'll become what I like to call tef- Teflon. Nothing affects you mentally. It doesn't affect you. And discipline-wise, yeah, they're still going to throw letters at you. Sure. But you know it's going nowhere. It doesn't matter. Especially if you're playing by their rules. Exactly. Send your letter. Waste my time. I don't care. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye. When you have the Teflon mindset, like you said, Shockingly, I, Lee has more letters than I do. So. I am, a, you know, I'll be honest with you. I <laughs> am a mail. little. <laughs> well, it took me longer to get on board, though. Yeah. How long were you here when you figured it out? Um, not very long. Yeah, very long. Not very long. I'd been driving 10 years before I met Gary Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not very long. Within within the first couple years of I'm literally of telling driving. our mutual friend, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? And our yep. mutual friend's like, who, Gary? And I go, who's that guy? Fuck him. He gets off early. Fuck him. <laughs> and a lot of our members do that now. I, wish I they know they do. Learn. Ridiculous. Learn. Hear the lessons that we're putting out. You don't have to be the guy who's saying, fuck him. You should be the person who's fucking going and doing what you're supposed to do the right way and having a great day doing it. 32 years I've been with UPS, guys. And you look great. Thank you. Yeah. And I've had more term. I can't give you a number, but it's over 30 or 40 termination letters. Like I said, I just got one two months ago. Mm. I'm still here, guys. Still here. I'm still here. I mean, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. Like how long did, you know, did I do this before I figured it out? And it wasn't, it wasn't very long because I can tell you, um, you know, my, my mentality when I first went driving, I was like, Oh yeah, cool. I'm going to be a UPS package car driver. I'm going full time. This is awesome. Right. And I've already delivered, you know, ground prior. I was a, you know, utility driver for a little bit and I was able to get, um, you know, my progression started or whatever. And back in my day, it was two years, not four. So back in my day. Just a little, yeah, I'm aging myself. That's now. something I say a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, so it was, it was a different process to, to, to uh, top out, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but the, the mentality of UPS management, you know, as a, as a worker, right, coming from, from a part-timer to a full-timer, there's no difference, right? Yeah, you're, you're either loading trailers, loading package cars, un, or unloading that stuff, or, or you're driving the package car, or you're driving the feeder truck. There is no difference in their training as managers from any one of those aspects, right? It's how they still, speak to you. How exactly the psychological stuff that they try to do to you? It's got to, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Um, and that's what I figured out 
from me transitioning from part-time to full-time was, you know what? This, I, I was thinking this is going to be so much better. I'm full-time and, and things are going to be, you know, I fucking thought things, the same things thing, are going to be moving, you know, differently. And yeah, I'm, I'm here, right? I, I made it at UPS. And, and once I realized that as a full-timer, I go, this is just the same shit. I'm just driving around a brown turd now, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of being inside the brown turd. So, you know, and that, once you figure that out and that's, that's what the light bulb went inside my head and that's what, what changed the process. And I was like, you know, and I would see these guys walking into work, these old timers, and I'm not going to name names, but freaking hunchbacked over their feet hurt. They're, you know, they're in slings and out to the side. Yeah. Man. And I was sitting there going, you know, if I want to have a long career here, I can't be like that guy. Right. Mm. I need to, I need to, that's why these methods are in place, right. To, they're in place to protect you and, and to be safe. Um, so you can have a long career here. So that's when my mindset changed. And I was just like, this is, this is how I have to do it. This is, and you have to be consistent at doing it. Yep. I'll and tell that's, you. you know, that's where Lee comes in in that aspect of, you know, it took time for me to get to there. It wasn't something of, you know, I, I flipped the switch overnight and it was like that. It, it took time. I mean, UPS management puts you in that position, right? They can easily piss you off. Um, but it, it took time to, to switch that over and from that switch and, and realize how do I, how do I change that? And how do I, what kind of mindset do I have to have to change that? Right. And that's where it comes into being, you know, calm and, and just following their rules and putting everything back up on, on management and how to do the process. So and when they're doing those and Lee, Lee essentially learned that as well, right? And I learned it from me, me and him, Gary. I would yeah. be in Carson City with him on some routes after we got to know each other. And we had many a times that we'd sit down and have lunch, lunch or whatever. And he would, he would be like, you know, I'm fucked today. Or, and I would look at him and go, oh shit, I'm. They put, got me on I, this I've, guy's I have route. 70 stops. Yeah. I'm like, I have 170 <laughs> stops. He's like, I'm going to be out here till midnight. I'm like, I'll be off at 530, man. What yep. are you doing? He's like, what the fuck? What yeah. am I doing wrong? And I told him that finally I figured it out. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing wrong? Because obviously I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. He's not doing anything wrong. I'm calling him a motherfucker for five years, right? But I figured it out. Like, well, I'm, a, he, I'm the idiot. I'm the motherfucker. He's not. He's smarter than me. What's he doing? And I, he shared it. I'm sharing it now. These yep. guys who do these things, us guys who do these things are willing to tell you it's not a big secret. Yeah. If management wants to set you up to fail, you're going to fail. Yep. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, if they want to set you up out there with, you know, three, 400 stops, whatever it is, they're, you're going to fail, man. You are going to fail. Yep. I mean, I can, I can even get into one story during peak season. I was doing Mike Chenault's route. It was your route at one point. Yeah. They, they sent me out there with the LP guy. <laughs> Did uh, they really? Yeah. The, the loss for, prevention? For loss prevention Jason guy. McClain. For my helper. Oh, I grieved him for yeah. the day, too. Oh, but. they made you... They yeah. made him a helper. Oh, I yeah, yeah. They made him a helper. Yeah, I grieved him for yeah, his he work. Yeah, he grieved him. Yeah, get, yeah. Get that supervisor but, working. So I go out there. The Chenault route had like four hundred stops on it. The truck was cubed. I don't know what the truck was. It's and those uh, really long driveways, really hard route. Yeah. yeah. So and this is back before Ed and you know all the computer stuff. This was back when you would you map everything out in the map book, right? You had to basically know where your your number breaks were on the streets and everything else, right? The dyad board ain't beeping at you. Yeah, you're doing like the that. job the right way. I mean, the dyad board was you know as as big as a freaking computer screen at that point. Yeah. So um you know so so 
you know, Jason, Jason's with me and, you know, we're out there delivering and, um, the truck's cube. So we're just basically grabbing boxes, right. And going, okay, we're going here next. And I'm driving in circles all day long. I think some of the stops I even went there four times. Yeah. Awesome. And you know how many stops I did? That whole day out of 400 stops in there, I did 85. Fantastic. We brought the rest of the truck back because we couldn't even freaking move in there. It was just a disaster. Yep. And the bosses are sitting there going, and I think I grieved him for like 10 hours that day or something because he was just like, let's just go back. And, and you know, give credit to Jason on the aspect of it was when they called me in the office the next day, Jason was actually even sticking up for me. And he goes, yeah, we were fucked out there, dude. This package car was screwed. Awesome. Yep. So, I don't know that any supervisor would do that today. Probably Correct. not. Probably, probably not. not. So, and and no. just you know, a little background on that. Jason and I never saw eye to eye. So no. that guy used to follow me around all the time, and I used to honk my horn and wave at him. I remember a specific story about Jason McLean when I was in the office with Gary as his steward representing him, and Jason McLean kept telling you, "Sit down." Yeah. Sit down in your chair, and you were like, "No, I'll stand, thank you." Yeah. And he goes, "No, I just instructed you to sit down." And Gary's like, "Well, I will if you sit down." You're not going to stand over me. Right. Well, he insisted. No, you're going to stand and come around the desk and stand in front of Gary, standing over him. Wow. And said, sit down. And Gary says, no, I'm, I'll stand. And then he told me to leave, which obviously yeah, we know a is a violation of his contract rights. So at that point, I'd only been stewarding not very long. But it was one of those... Well, I guess we're going. I remember this. We're yep. going. I guess we're going down. Because <laughs> Jace McLean says to me, you, "I go. I'm not leaving this room. I am his union represent, representative, and I'm not leaving." And Jace McLean says, "You get out now, or you're fired." Fantastic. I so I took a deep breath. I took a deep, and I looked at him, and I said, "I'm not leaving." And then Gary, I looked at Gary, and Gary goes, "Just go, dude," because he was going to walk me out. And I said to Gary, "I go. I'm ready." Dude, sometimes it's teamsters, man. You got to nut up. Yeah. I knew he was wrong. I knew he'd get, I'd get my job back, but it's still, there's times where you got to nut up. It's you against the world. Yeah. And I knew he was wrong. Yes. You have to be, you have to have knowledge. Yes. I wasn't educated to taking a flyer here. I knew that he was wrong, but he was all, they can fire us guys. Even if they're wrong, they Mm -hmm. can still, but I was ready. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we got to nut up. And I right. told him, I said, I'm not leaving. And that's when Gary look, looked at me, my mentor, and said, just go. Yeah, and I, I mean, said. There was nothing there. That's why I was just laughing at it. Like, just, I don't think Gary know. wanted me to actually get walked out. Yeah, but. Yeah. Well, sometimes and, you and, do and, that. And I know? think, and I, if I recall correctly, I think I was, I think after you left, I wasn't in there very much longer. No, you that. were not. And, uh, and eventually he did get Jason to sit down. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but what was it all about? What was it about? Because Jason wanted to stand over Gary in a physical manner. Yeah, he wanted to show, to show dominance. He, yeah, he was trying yeah. to show dominance. Trying there. to that's, show dominance. That's what they do, right? So bullshit. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, bullshit. That's yeah. the shit they do. Yeah. So you have to you have to be be prepared for that mentally. And you got to be prepared sometimes, guys, to just look at termination right in the fucking face and say, "I'm scared of it." Yeah. Bring right. it on, bitch. Yeah. Yep. One of the things that I'm interested in, you know, because I sit here and listen to the stories, like it seems to me like in all reality, the 
the methods, the 340 fucking methods that they've got are actually our best friend. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Like these are the company's methods. Is that how many they have? Yeah. yeah 340. If, if you want a copy, just call the hall. They've got uh, fives and tens well, now too, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You got to yeah. recite them. Yeah, yeah you got to recite them. And if you don't know. Oh, there's a story about that too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, oh, there's a story about See, that See, I told too. you, we could just start remembering <laughs> stuff. You're, you're bringing that up, right? So, I remember this. We're pulling out fucking little nuggets. I was, yeah, I'll tell you that one too. It was the five... What was it the five the, the, habits? The, the top the, ten commentary and the, and the ten point commentary. Is yes, they still they, have. Yeah, the, they yeah, still have it. Those. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the tens. The five yeah. and the, the tens. fives and the tens. So man. yeah, it was. Uh, shit, man, this is this brings back some funny memories. I, I remember for uh, both of us. It was the safety office. Yeah, I got I got called into the. Um, it's Chris Wagner. Yeah, I was on. I think I was on light duty. Yeah, it was Chris Wagner. I was on light duty, and um, so he. You know, basically it was whittled down that I couldn't do anything but sit in the office for light duty, right? And so he puts me in the safety office and he says, you need to go over there and learn the, you know, the five seeing habits and and the 10 point commentary and all that stuff. And I think I was in there for about four days before he finally brought me back. (laughs) He basically said I needed to recite it and bring it back to him. And um, so... Um, and I think these were fairly new at the time with UPS when they were doing these Back things. in the day. Yeah. They, they yeah. just started that crap. Yeah. And so I, I go over there and, you know, typical, you know, whenever I was on light duty for something, it was just I'd bombard them with supervisor working grievances. But so I'd sit in that office and file grievances on them. And anyway, so four days go by. He brings me in the office. Um, I think Rich. Yeah, Rich was my steward. Rich Flowers, and we go back into the office. You know, if Rich is listening, he's gonna he's gonna laugh at some of this shit too. So, because um, this will bring back memories for him. Mm-hmm. But we go back, we go into the office, and you know, Chris goes, "Okay, so now I need to know your uh, your Ten Commandments." <laughs> ten Commandments, whatever yeah. the ten yeah. is ten point commentary. Yeah, right? but ten, you know, whatever. Same, yeah. whatever the ten point commentary, and I'm I'm sitting at him, just looking at him straight at him, like you know. Few seconds go by, maybe a minute. I go, I don't know him. <laughs> and he goes, What do you mean you don't know him? And I go, I don't know him. Fantastic. And uh, I go, I I have a you know I think I have a learning disability of memorizing stuff sometimes. You know I, I just don't I don't I don't know him. And he, he starts getting elevated, pissed off a little bit, and and, and Rich steps in. He goes. He goes, Chris, he's told you he doesn't know him. He was up, he's been over there. He said he's been over there studying at, at him and and you know, he just he he doesn't know him. And um Chris basically he gets all pissed off and he goes, Well, he sure as fuck knows that collective bargaining agreement left and <laughs> yeah. left and right, and he can call it out, you know, whenever we're doing something wrong and he can point to everything in that collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> and and Rich goes well, you know, Chris, you know, Gary, how long have you worked here? And I, I think at the time, I think I told him like 15 or 16 years, right? And he goes, I like 15 years. And he goes, well, see, he's learned that over 15 years, not four days. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris looks at both of us, get the fuck out of my yeah. office. You know, and, you know, and it's, the, you know, the, the funny thing about it is I knew it. I don't know it now, but I yeah. knew it at the time when I went in there. But, um, you know, he, well, he, Back that up a little bit. He basically told me, I'm going to fire your ass if you don't know that stuff. And I looked right at him and I said, good. 
I says, I can't wait for you to take me to panel because I don't know your 10-point commentary. You're going to fire me for having a bad memory? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know your 10-point commentary. You're going to take me to panel. I I look forward to going to panel and you explaining to panel that I am not a fit package car driver because I don't know your 10-point commentary. And I have a bad memory. Yeah. 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 So... Anyways, threw us out of the office, and um, you know it was it was pretty hilarious in that aspect. But yeah, I did I did know it all, but I wasn't going to tell him that there was nothing contractually that yeah. said I had to tell him any of that shit or know it or or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Gary so. used to teach me all the time. We never give managers exactly what they want. Nope. No. So in other words, Gary knew what he wanted. So he made sure not to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like when they would ask you, "What are you doing from this stop to this stop?" Working, Working for, for UPS. UPS. Yep. You know what the hell I was doing. Yep. You know, and that's another thing you used to say. uh, They know what we're doing. They're fishing right now. Exactly. They want you to elaborate so that they can basically have you hang yourself by talking. Just throw a little bit of little bit. They know where you were. It's all on the computer. And now it's GPS. They know where you are within a foot. At all times. At all times. They know exactly what you were doing. And now we got cameras. Yeah, I know. So, guys, don't answer the questions. They already know. They know. Um. One thing I do want to, you know, and if you got managers that, you know, have housewives, you know, that would take your lunch right in front of their house. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing Make I sure w- it's on your route. <laughs> I want to express to the members. I'm joking. I'm joking. The importance of knowing the contract, right? Now, I'm going to fish for a story that Lee told me one time, but I want to say Article 44 of the National Master Agreement, Section 1. No employee shall be required to handle any over 70 pound packages alone. It is in the, um, yeah, right if it is in the employee's good faith belief that such handling would be a safety hazard. It also clearly states here, no employee shall be required to solicitate or accept customer assistance if the employee's good faith and belief is that the customer is not qualified to help. Now, Lee. I remember the story. <laughs> I was fishing for that story, but I wanted to show the, the contract article about how important it is to know the contract. You got to know the contract. Well, I told Leslie about a situation. I had a, a, a Bowflex something heavy. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. know. I remember exactly what it was for a third floor of an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And UPS back in back then, I don't know if they still do it, but when you would call in and say, "I, I need a driver assist," it's called a driver assist. They'd always say, "Have the have the customer help you, have the customer help you." And I would clearly always say, "Well, no, customers pay f- for service." No. They don't pay to come downstairs and have haul, help me haul up a Bowflex. But the boss was adamant, so I'm like, fine. So I go up, and it's a like an old lady. Oh, God. It's like an 80-year-old lady. <laughs> oh, my God. So I literally tell the customer, I go, look, I have my dyad in my hand at all times, and I show her the message that I got because I always communicate in the dyad. I show the customer, my boss has told me that he will not assist me with this package and that you have to. Oh, my God. Grandma, get your ass down there and help me with this 100-pound box. She, of course, wasn't in no position. No. So I ended up sending a message back stating that the woman was incapable. And the law, I don't remember the end what happened, but I ended up cheating his mist because, uh, and nothing happened to me. Right. Nothing happened to me, guys, because I followed the contract, period. If you're following the contract and you're using proper, proper methods, doesn't matter if that package gets delivered or not. It was unsafe. Yeah. There was also a, I know this isn't, uh, there was also a driver who would constantly ask for driver assist. And then one day Lee told me that he walks into his truck. He's like, you don't have E-regs. That's right. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know he didn't have stories. any. Yeah, he didn't have any. Fantastic. Tom, Tom Briggs. Oh, yeah. And Tom the, Briggs would have all of his over seventies placed on other routes. No shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had an out of town route, so there was no one they were going to send up there to help him. Well, not just that, he used the Article Thirty Seven section of uh, being an older driver, mm. along with prior injury history. And anyways, he used his contract, guys. Yeah. To, <clears throat> I used to do the same thing, you know, I'd call it in when need help and I'd get the same answers of, you know, customer, you know, have the customer help you and blah, blah, blah. And I would respond back the same thing. Well, it's technically not the customer's package until it's actually delivered on their, on their, to their house. Right. It's the, um, it's UPS's package. They still own that package until we actually provide service on it. Well, and the over 70 but, thing, that's a big fucking deal because yeah. like I'm six foot six, I can lift a 70 pound package and usually I'm going to be fine. But you have a driver that's five foot two, you know, buck ten when they're wet. You're gonna like completely different, and that's why we have that language there to protect people from getting fucking hurt. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They would they would send managers out to actually come help me assist. Well, a little supervisor working. Yeah, yeah another, grievance. You know, another grievance. Another grievance. A theme yeah. that we've been talking about is putting things back on management, guys. I had the message in the dyad to show the old lady this is why you're not getting service tonight. Yeah. Because UPS decided to not send proper help out here for me to deliver this package. It's not me. Yeah. I didn't do this to you. UPS this is, did. This is the company. <clears throat> or if I had when, when Orion, you know, when I w- mm. would, would run Orion and customers would be getting mad at me saying, we just saw you delivering right across the street. Give us our stuff. And I'd be like, sorry, look, see, it's right here. I have to follow this. This is Orion. Well, why would they do that? Good question. Here's the phone number. Yep. Oh, I call one eight hundred pick too, man. Yeah. Oh man. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh man. Another that's, story. Yeah, that's Orion's when they would uh, how they would set your stops up, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, you know I had the downtown route. I think it's Coppers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had that route at one point. You have all the residential that's one ways through there, right? And some of it's in the alleyway. Well, they the, whoever set it up didn't set it up correctly. And well, of they, course, they, they and to, it's still they, not. They fixed. would tell me they'd bring me in the office. Oh, you got to run this a hundred percent. Got to run it a hundred percent. Oh my god! So you know you're going down these one way streets. My first stop is at the end of the street. Oh yes, right. I think oh, have I told you the story before? No. So you know. Um, me and you know because they're like oh we got to figure out what's wrong with your app and i'm like okay cool i'll run it 100 percent. and he's telling us we had to run it 100 percent. so i'm going down to the end of the street on the one way deliver the one stop mm-hmm. drive down the other one way come all the way back and i kept doing this delivering the next stop and i had to keep driving around driving around to deliver them because down one when one way to boom. get back on the other one way yeah just so i could deliver that stop that was I already passed because I'm following Orion 100. Yeah, to to non UPSers yeah. out there who don't know Orion is not a good system, and no. it literally will have drivers deliver package drive past package stops that we have to go deliver other packages. It's crazy. So and it was just it's not that I was trying to prove a point. It was more that I was instructed. This is what you were told to do by management because you know and and quote unquote I'm just the dumb driver right. I'm following what management's told me to do, and I'm following their instructions, and they told me to run it 100%, and, um, you know, was uh, pretty infuriated, and, and I'm over there giggling, going, hey, man, this is your system. Yep. You figure it out. You tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. I just, I work as instructed, so... Um, yeah, they eventually got it fixed. Went around the block a couple of times that day, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't too thrilled about it. He was but, on the car with you. Oh yeah, so. I was a chronic nine five filer on that route he was talking about mm-hmm. in Collin Ranch, and I would follow Ryan hundred percent. 
and uh, Marty Freitas at a at a, one of the m- one of the panels I went to. Uh, the managers were constantly saying it was me, and so Marty Freitas told me at a panel. He pulled me aside, and it wasn't for he, he wasn't. I was just talking to Marty randomly. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking about me, but he said, "You run that fucking Orion a hundred percent." If they don't like the way you like to run the route, then they fix their fucking Orion. It's on them. And that's exactly what I did. I did exactly what Marty said to the letter. And when I went to pre-panel with Frank Catamarty and I told him, this is what I'm doing. Frank Catamarty, their labor manager, looked over at my center manager and said, fix your fucking Orion. Yeah. So there you go. Doing it, putting it back on them again. That's that's what we're all talking about here. Yep. All this whole thing relates to that. Yeah. Make them manage. Yep. A lot of funny stories, but really the message, the underlying message is very serious. Do the job the right way. Put it back on management. Work safe so you can have a long and healthy and happy career. Correct. You, you, and we're, we're laughing about this stuff, and we would laugh about it at the time that the stuff would go on to. Lee knows this. <laughs> you have to have that humor. That's what's going to make you through it. Yeah. yeah. You have to have that humor with it. And, and if you're doing it, you know, like we said, if you're doing it the right way, that's – the, the methods and everything else you're going to, you're going to have a long successful career there and you're going to have a healthy career too. We'd yeah. spend hours on the phone just laughing about the day's events. Yeah. But, Why but not? During peak seasons or sometimes just not even peak, but I'd have a misload. My route would be all the way in South town. His route would be all the way in North town, but we'd both have a misload and we would call each other and say, let's both run our misload at exactly eight fifteen, so that we're in the same place at the same time. Yeah. And we would be eight o'clock at night. We would take a break and then we would drive back down Moana going 30 miles an hour together. <laughs> you, me and Bobby Yep. in a row. We'd have miss loads over there. Yeah. All three of us would drive in a row because, you know, it shows up on their GPS. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> three routes all in the same area, all from different parts of town. Running miss loads. At yep. eight o'clock at night. And we'd sit out there and take Breaks Take a break. And, you know, we were laughing at that. They still do that every package every day. No. They, used, yeah. they used to tell no. us that. They, 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 I wish they would. Yeah. I did uh, I did something that Lee t- uh, told me. We would like, go out to Carson City. I, yeah. Lee told me, work as instructed. So I found a misload. I'm in Dayton. I found a misload. I sent it in. And my supervisor response, run misload. Perfect. Okay. okay. Yep. Well, it was for Damani Ranch. Perfect. So I, that's my next stop, according to my boss. So I drove all the way from Dayton, because oh he said God. all the way down. I see the green light come on as I'm getting off. But you can't on you can't the Damani check, Ranch. You can't check you while driving. At, you can't check while driving. So I I get off, uh, uh Damani Ranch, and I and I c- complete the misload message. What are you doing? Running the misload. Working as instructed. Uh, like you said, and they, they respond back. I meant at the end of the day, well, you should have said that. <laughs> so I drive all the way back to Dayton and they had to send another driver to come help me. Cause, oh, cause this happened at like, I want to say, uh, 11 AM ish. Yeah. And uh, I, so I go back, I make a few delivery stops and I take my lunch and they send a driver to come help me. And the driver goes, are you serious? You ran a misload all the way to, uh, uh, Damani Ranch, I even know that. And I said, I, that's what the boss said. Dang. Maybe you should become a boss. Yep. You know a lot. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, it's just been a reminder, like Lee always said. Work, work as instructed. Work as instructed. And 
you know, and and then actually do it, guys. Yeah, do don't that. make a decision that the boss's instructions aren't good or they're stupid or that I'm not doing that because that's time consuming. Do it. Do it work as instructed. Work period. as instructed, and then you'll never run another misload again. Yeah. I had to call in from Chris Wagner told instructed me with Gary's my steward to call in before I did anything with misloads, which then, like Gary said earlier, I would sit on the side of the road and be like waiting for instructions on my misload, and I'd sit there for hours getting paid waiting for yep. an instruction. Right, yep. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that just, I mean, it was similar, you know, when they would they would send out, you know, if they had to help, you know, send people out to help. Right, they're like, oh, well, we're sending, you know, Bob over here to you know, he's going to pull some stops off you and help you. I'm like, all right. So they would send Bob over and Bob would come. I'm only taking fucking five stops from you. I'm like, all right, man, cool. Whatever you take, whatever you want, man. Sounds good. Yeah. Give them, Thanks. give them, you know, which ones do you want, man? I don't care. Just give me the five stops. Here's your five stops, buddy. One of the stories. As soon as they would leave, as soon as they would leave, send a message back in. still need help. There you go. What do you mean you still need help? What's going on? We sent Bob over there to get you some help. And I go, yeah, Bob showed up. He said he's only taken five. I gave him his five stops, and he took off. And he goes, well, why didn't you give him more? I go, because I'm an hourly, and I cannot instruct Bob to take more than what Bob's telling me he's going to take. Yep. That's him putting it back on the management again. Exactly. You have to come back. You Tell me what you want him to take and instruct him to take it. One time, who I used to torture, mm. said, go meet this driver. So... Oh no. So I go down, I try, so I drive all the way down the hill, go to the school where I'm supposed to meet him. And I show up and I said, Hey, first thing I ask drivers when I meet him, what are your instructions? So I'd say, Hey, what are your instructions in case he has instructions? And he'd be like, oh, come, come here. And I'm like, okay, hi, I'm Lee. Nice to meet you. I'm Tony. Have a good night, bro. Got back in my package car, drove back up the hill. I just told you to meet him. I, oh. I, I met him. I introduced myself I to him. did what I was supposed to do. Shook his hand, uh, said, I'm Lee Harris. Yeah. Nice to meet you, bro. That's great. 20 I never, minutes I never got later, one of those. That's awesome. Well, it gets better. <laughs> 20 minutes later, I get the green light again. It says, go back and give him stops. Give him stops? Give him stops. So I drive back down the hill, and I said, hey, Tony, nice to see you again. Here's one, here's two. There's stops. <laughs> Have a good one, bro. He goes, Well, you're gonna I go, I'm giving you my instructions are give you stops. I gave you stops. There's We're two multiple. There's two of them. Holy Drive fuck. back up the hill again. <laughs> Green light goes yeah. back on. Give him 35 stops. Oh. Thank you. Oh, thank for you. Being specific. Took three tries in two and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that goes to what you know Esley was saying and what Lee's just saying is or what I said too is they, they have to have clear instructions. You know, it's not it's not your job to force your manager to give you clear instructions. You know, if they learn to manage is what it comes back down to. Yep. Learn to manage. Now it's obviously extreme what I what no, I it what is, I did. It is, but, but I knew that nothing would happen to me. It's pretty funny. Chris Wagner didn't say one word to me about it the next day because he read my messages. And yeah. he knew I was not instructed to do anything specific. And that's why you make them give you instructions over messages. There you go, guys. And everything's on the dyad. We just keep repeating the same shit. But it's I mean, but that's, that's literally the, what it is. It is. Don't it's talk to him on your phone. Shit. Don't talk to him on your phone. Talk Dude, to him on the dyad. Yep. Phones aren't admissible in panels, guys. Well, hey, I got this text I want to show you. If UPS can say, oh, I'll look at them. Mm. Sure. Oh, cool. They're, but they're not admissible at panel. No. Nope. So it's it doesn't help you to use your phone. Well, it saves time. For who? For your boss? 
using your personal property as an electronic leash to instruct you to do work. It's crazy, guys. Don't yep. use your cell phones. No. Nope. Yep. Well, uh, I think we've, uh, I mean, you guys could sit here and tell Oh, we could tell stories for all, all day, but yeah, this I, isn't a one episode thing. Yeah. No, this <laughs> might be we'll, two we'll, parts. We'll do this again. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank both of you for coming and hanging out and sharing some it was time fun. and sharing Absolutely. stories. It was. This was, it was a very uh, enjoyable podcast. Yeah. Well, brought up some uh, memories that were uh, that were good. Yep. Good yeah. memories. The yeah. Bash Brothers. The Bash Brothers. There you go. Oh, so we used to call each other. <laughs> we used to call each other the Bash Brothers. That's good. I like that. That was our nickname. Yeah, we gotta have we gotta have a little bit more on of the that. Table. We're gonna hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, get your ball hit. ping out. Bing, <laughs> with a hammer. Bing. We used to walk out of the office right before that door closes. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope some of our members can take something from this. Yes. You know, so. Well, if I hope they do, it's the it's the thing that kept coming up. Put mm-hmm. it back on them, Put it guys. Back on them. Stop they, taking ownership. They want, they want you to have the bad weekend. You want to give them the bad weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. The, and they're getting their job threatened every day. Yes, so. they are. Reversal psychology pleasure their wives i can i can i can can tell you stories about that too about uh, when when they uh not not about what esley said but about about, uh but about when uh you know management management getting threatened their jobs all the time right so and i mean it goes to so you so you mean to say that you're not sitting there staring in their windows like i got them they can't look at their wives They do that on their own, but you know, that's, that's, uh, if we had a, we had a manager over there in Sparks, remember, uh, Lauren, your buddy, Lauren, Lauren. O'Donnelly. Yep. yep. Bo- that was Bobby's buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, he, uh, you know, he, he went to panel actually and told the panel, I think Marty was the chairman at the time. He told the panel that, you know, the union president is always threatening my job, you know, and, <laughs> and your, your current center manager in Carson could probably remember some of this stuff. Cause she was just a, an on-road supervisor at the time, but yeah. I would go down there and, you know, tell Lauren how incompetent he was all the time when I was, you know, um, the, helping out with uh, some of some of Deb's duties down there and mm-hmm. basically threaten his job on the belt, telling him that he's going to get fired and he's going to get his ass walked out the guard shack even before Christmas. And well, Gary used to say to managers all the time. Yep, yep you're, he you're, told Dave Scaglione, "I give you, I give you nine months to a year," and yep. Skags would be like, "For what?" So you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. For what? Yeah, and so guys, would go. You, 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 you telling me I'm? You telling me I'm gonna get fired by you? And Gary's like, "That's what I'm telling you." Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been kicked out of that building many times. Good for you. So yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, tell him that. And then Lauren, Lauren went to panel one time, and he basically, uh, what was he telling? I think you guys were there. He kept saying uh, to to the to the panel the union president's always threatening my job and he would go through his whole story of what i would say to him and everything else and marty would look over at him and go where's the threat where's the threat and he would say the story again and marty keeps going where's the threat how do i threaten somebody's job and i don't even have the authority to fire him (laughs) it was the it's the reverse psychology method with them i know they're up in that office every morning getting their asses chewed out telling them that you're not making your freaking numbers and you know you keep this up your ass is going to be fired which boss the last thing they want to hear is the the fucking union guy or you know telling them that you're going to get your ass fired so it's just pissing them off which boss frustrating was it at pre-panel that you freaked out by staring at him do you remember that? You were a pre-panel. I was in the in there, but I was on the other side of the room, and you were saying nothing, but you were just staring like this across the table awesome. from them. And they said, "Stop looking at me." Do you remember Gosh. who that? Do you remember who that was? 
You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. And I'm trying to remember who it was, but yeah. Gary was... didn't say anything. Just stared him down. He, he wasn't even like staring at him like mean mug. He was just like blankly staring, just, wow. but not looking away. Right. But not staring in his eyes, like mean mugging him. Main, maintaining contact. Yeah. Like, but not direct. And oh. the guy, after a while, it just it got under his skin to a point where he literally just made this huge scene was where that, we all stopped. I think that, I think that might've been Frank Abrot. It was Frank Abrot. Oh, You're right. Goodness. The it was bulldog. Frank, it was Frank Abrot. Yeah. He actually got fired. He's not there. Yeah, he's yeah. not there anymore. No, that yeah, was Frank That was Abrot. a firing yeah. that was long overdue. Yeah. That was Frank, yeah. <laughs> and Fra- like you said. Oh, another manager not yeah. there. What wow, a shot. What, what a surprise. <laughs> Me and Frank were good buddies. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Frank the Abrot. Yeah, yeah. That was Frank Abrot, yeah. I mean, uh, there was a panel that Gary's talking about with Lauren O'Donnelly. He at UPS stood over our own Debbie in a threatening manner, which mm. I then went at him in a physical manner okay. after because Debbie's a woman. She's yeah. she's a tough woman, but she'll she'll go she'll go go to toe to toe with any of them. She's but, still a woman. Yeah, and he threatened to fire me. Long story short, we go to pan, pre pan, uh, panel, and Marty Freitas. Lauren starts talking, and I was telling the guy I was training at the time, Todd Copper, mm-hmm. who was there, I go, watch this. I go, because it took six months for Lauren to get his, he's about to get his. And the first thing, Lauren starts talking, and Marty goes, speak up! <laughs> and Lauren goes, excuse me? He goes, I said speak up! And Mo- and Lauren knew right then, you could just look on his face, and Todd was like, holy shit. And I go, oh, it's going to get way better. Yeah, now. it's going to get way worse than that. And Marty... Literally, so I start, I read off this letter that I had written and I'm calling him a coward and what he stood over Debbie in a physical way. And if he wasn't hiding behind the title of his job, I'd kick his ass. I would, I'd knock him out. Yeah. I was there. I remember that story. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading that statement and that just got the whole room fired up and Marty looked across to to Debbie and said, did that happen? And Debbie said, yeah, happened just like he said. And Marty gets up, walks over, stands over. Lauren stands. How do you like it, motherfucker? Wow. It was badass, dude. Two, two, two. Everybody out. Everybody. They called us all out. And I tell Todd had never seen it before. Yeah. But I said, dude, when they're wrong and you file grievances and you go through the process, we have our day. You got to be patient. But we have our day. They're not immune. They act immune. They're not immune. Managers have a code of ethics that we as Teamsters have to hold them accountable for. And that day was our day. And I told Todd that. I go, it's going to be our day today. Yep. And you have to, you know, if you're bringing them to panel, that's, you have to ruin their credibility, essentially. They don't have any credibility in any ways. No, but you got to put that out on the table. You do. You have to put it out there. I mean, you know that, Ross. Um, You know, and it's, that's all we have is our credibility as, as Teamsters, right? And we have to make sure that, you know, most of the time these these assholes, all they do is lie, cheat, steal, whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, right? And I've seen it too you, many times you, to count, man. You have to continue. It's a it's a process. You continue to bring them there, and once they lose their credibility with their panel, they're fucked. Yeah, his his own people, uh, their labor manager uh, Frank Catamarty, completely abandoned him at pre panels. I used to go in there after that panel and yeah. batter Lauren and Catamarty would just sit let, there and let it happen. Let me. Wow. And I took full advantage. Here's yeah. a guy in a uniform yelling at you, my boss. How do you like it? Yeah. You like it, buddy? Because I do. But you build up to that. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It all took time. Time. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't happen with the snap of the fingers. Yeah. But it happened because, as Gary said, I established credibility. I didn't file frivolous grievances. My grievances, for the most part, were ones that were winnable. Yeah. And I went out down there and I backed it. 
if I said this happened, it happened. I documented it. I had the proof and it happened. Uh-huh. So after years of this and years of this, I became credible. As Gary just said, becoming credible is very important. It matters. Yeah. So yeah. And hold them accountable. <laughs> That's mm. like the main thing. Yep. And I hope uh, this podcast also reaches out to anybody who is curious what it's like to work for a union shop. And I would say UPS's contract is pretty strong, but the Teamsters could fight to get you a good contract wherever you work. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. If you, if you want to become a Teamster, just uh, reach out, call local 533, let us know. We're If you're in the northern Nevada area, we would be happy to come in and represent you and uh, fight just like these two guys have fought for years and years and years. Bring dignity to your workplace. Yeah. Uh, Bring dignity to yourself. Yep. Bring big dick energy to your workplace. <laughs> big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it really gave me self-respect. Yeah. And no, and the Teamsters didn't, and the union didn't give it to me. I had to take it. Yeah. They showed me how to take it. Yeah. It's not, it gives it's you not, a pathway. Yes. It's not handed to you. No. No. I'm a Teamster, so therefore respect me, boss. It doesn't it's work. It's not like how that. it works. They give you strong language, a good contract, stewards and business agents and who back you. Educate yourself. But you have to take it. I didn't take it. As we said earlier, Gary had to teach me. Mm-hmm. And then I taught Todd and so on and so forth. Hopefully this this podcast teaches some people. I we, hope so. We we wanna this is our goal. Education. Yep. Yeah. Education. I'm I'm always here. If anybody wants to, you know, ever call me or have conversations with me, I'm I'm here. I'm here for the members. Yep. So, Absolutely. I, we gotta be there I, for each other, guys. That I, means we pick they pick us up, we pick them up. We're brotherhood yep. and a sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I love doing what I do, you know, helping the members out and um, you know, being a part of this local and, and moving this local forward in the right direction. So I'm always here for, for any of the members that, you know, need assistance. Awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of the uh, Teamsters 533 podcast out of Reno, Nevada. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Bye. Cheers.